That's really cool. Isn't that cool? Holy shit. Like, that's we're not, really cool. That's not crazy or anything, but, like, pat ourselves no. on the back. Like, good for us. Yeah, no, no. But, like, that's it's it's enough that, like, yeah. I feel like at least a random, like, whatever random stranger you are, or random stranger is plural, that you don't know me or Corey, but you're listening, I love you yeah. more than anything. I think that's, it's really cool. There's, there's one of you, someone out here, who, especially whoever listens to this now. Whatever stranger is just listening to this, you are the coolest person ever for just randomly best. putting this on. And you I know how we would it. love you even more if you like shared this shit. That's tell, true. Yeah, tell a friend. Would be helpful too. Tell a friend <laughs> who mean, you think would enjoy listening to two unqualified doofuses talk about video games they like. A- a- emphasis on unqualified. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but we have great opinions, so we make each other laugh, and it would make you laugh too. Our lowest. That's the important. Part. Our lowest episode was the news roundup. So like. I- it's not terrible. I feel I feel like news is always hard. I think the word yeah. news is cursed yeah. nowadays. It really That's is. I, I feel like I think we should say update next time. Update. I think update 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 sounds modern. We'll do, it sounds video you know, game. We'll do it like patch the clickbait patch notes. You know how like uh when like YouTubers when they have like some sort of like format change, they have like a dramatic thumbnail that's like serious update. Oh yeah! Exactly. Like, oh my god! What's this about? <laughs> what is? What's going on? I'm moving from my three point two million dollar mansion to my five point seven million dollar mansion. Here's a tour on the next video, so you might get more money. Like, I have serious news. I'm getting a new microphone. I know. I know. <gasps> a seventh one. I, I too. A seventh one. <laughs> I too have serious news. We're in the middle of a podcast. Oh, that is pretty serious. So, welcome everyone to the end of an era. The end. Well, the end. Yes, the end of season one. This is the big old season finale. Serious update. End of season one is right now. Right, episode fourteen. It's happening right now. We did a little bit more than a baker's dozen. For a season, yep. you know, normally you're supposed to do like the like episode 13 is like the mid season finale, and then it's supposed to continue. We said screw that, we're just gonna go episode 14. So episode it, it 14. feels good. 14 episode episodes 14. a season, that sounds all right to me. It's pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty. Good. It took that, us a while. To be- we need to update our. We need to be a little more frequent with these, but 14 is good. Agree. It, yeah, we'll, we can figure we'll out. Figure we can figure it out. out. That's logistics stuff. But anyways, we're here. We don't have a lot of time to waste because we, as we don't as. You guys know who have been listening. Ryan and I have been doing something called the homework game every week, where he assigned me Final Fantasy Tactics War of the Lions, I assigned him Hollow Knight. Every episode, we have to play the homework game in between and then give updates each episode. We're both done. This is the season finale. We're doing a full-ass review of both of the games for you guys. 
both homework games. So we have finally completed it. We now get to talk about all of the ins and outs of each game, how we felt about, you know, the story, the visuals, you know, the experience overall. That's, I think, is the most important part. And, like, I, you know, we can kind of give her a genuine recommendation if we kind of want to pass the game on to you guys. You know, obviously, if you've already tried it out from us, that's really, really cool. But you can kind of get a full, complete feel of, uh, you know, how we thought about, you know, the games in general. I feel it's, like, a little weird to say this, but I feel I have to throw a spoiler alert onto the thing if I you generally just want to play the that. game. Yeah, a spoiler alert. So, like, obviously, if you've already been listening in, we've been kind of spoiling yeah, little bits spoiling of it as we talk about anyway, the story. But... Exactly. But as a general note, if this is your first time listening to uh, us on the Player Power podcast, um, spoiler alert for both games of Hollow Knight and Final Fantasy Tactics. Um, I think Final Fantasy Tactics, you have no choice. The game is, like, old. So it, you yeah. you better not be mad. But anyway, still, regardless, spoiler alert, when you listen to this episode, we will be talking about... Really, we're going to be summarizing the story in general. So we're going to give yeah. the beginning, middle, the big, and end away. We're, we're going to be – the big part that's going to be spoilers is when we're talking about the story. So if yes. if we recommend if you really don't want spoilers, maybe just put this episode to the side until later. Otherwise, if you just maybe don't want a little bit of spoilers, maybe just skip the story part. Because otherwise, we'll try to keep it relatively spoiler light. I guess. Yeah, we'll keep it spoiler light. Uh, yeah, you're right. I think until the story. So right before we get to that segment, we can kind of we'll kind of say it again. Yeah, we'll do it, guys. Uh, so I was gonna say before, but first we have to do the homework game. No, we don't. This is the entire homework. You dingling. So I'm sorry. I'm just so used to it. I, I'm used to the format. So the way that we did this, basically, we split it up into categories. Each one, we. Each are going to give our own personal rating. That's a score out of 10 for that category. Then we're going to discuss it. We're going to talk about how we felt about it. Maybe have suggestions if there's something we feel could be improved or something like that. And then at the end of each game, we're going to talk about... The homework person is going to talk about their experience playing it as their homework game. And then we're both going to give our own individual scores overall. And those overall scores are not going to be an average score. Are, did we decide? Are we doing a letter grade yeah, so, for that one? Or are we so doing... I think, yeah, I kind of want to give a letter grade for the final score. Right. Like, I, like, I want to give it like this is an A-tier game. This yeah. is an yeah, S-tier yeah. game. Um, well, yeah, we're doing I S. Ab- I thought yeah, we were talking course. about like school letter grades. No, 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 no. We're talking about gamer tier list, okay? Right. Which means so there's an S-tier. So A, B, C, D. And then F. And F? Okay. Yeah, but I, I I hope these two games are not. I don't think they're both F. So, but also we're not doing no Sonic bullshit of like double S or triple S. Like we're just doing S, <laughs> just okay. just S. Hell yeah. Um, Hell yeah. Sounds good. So yeah. So uh, to go over um, what is gonna you know the categories that Corey was just talking about. So we've chopped up the game and. Um, into a couple different categories to kind of talk about. Uh, we have gameplay, story, the visual style, pretty much the artwork, music, the challenge slash difficulty curve of the game, level of immersion. We have the pacing of the game, so kind of how just, you know, if there's any slow parts or really, really quick parts or anything like that. Um, the compelling factor, so if it kind of kept your attention while you were playing, like, you know, especially in this situation for us, you know, did you complete it just for the sake of completing the homework game because that's what we asked you to do? Or did you genuinely, were you, did you want to complete it yourself, you mm-hmm. know, aside from the ho- from the homework aspect of it? Did it keep it? you hooked? Did it keep you playing? Did it keep, exactly. Did it keep you hooked? Um, lastly, we have replay ability, which obviously is just playing 
playing the game again, enjoying it if you want to. Um, and then overall playthrough experience, which is, again, is going to be our final thing, kind of a letter grade. We're going to talk about the journey that we kind of went through playing the game, you know, in general. Um, but first, I think to start off, um, I kind of, uh, Corey did a really good job on writing um, little extra, like a little additional info, a little extra tidbit thing yeah, about yeah, each yeah. game. And I kind of want to share that with you guys. Um and I, I think you should share the Final Fantasy one, and I should Absolutely. share Hollow Knight since it's the assigned game. So, okay, yeah, uh, you we'll, we'll start it right off. Ahead. Do we want to do my homework game first, or do we want to do yours first? Because we're going to do one game in its entirety, all the categories. Then we'll move on to the next. Yeah, one. I'm down for you first, unless unless you want to go second. No, but I, I think, think we should. I'm do, good. I think I think yeah. let's do Final Fantasy. Let's do it. My homework game for this season was Final Fantasy Tactics The War of the Lions. The genre, it's a turn-based tactical role-playing game, so a tactical RPG similar to something like Fire Emblem, if you guys have played that. Uh, developed by TOSE and Square Enix, published by Square Enix, obviously Square Enix, that's who does all the Final Fantasy games. So Square, good old Square. Yes. Uh, it was released in the US October 9th of 2007 for the PSP. It was released on iOS, the version I played, in 2011, August 4th. But the thing about this game, Final Fantasy Tactics War of the Lions, it is actually an updated remake of the game Final Fantasy Tactics for the PlayStation, which came out in 1997. The thing about War of the Lions, which is the updated version, is that it featured a few additional things. It featured two new classes, multiple quality of life improvements, as well as additional battles, some more side quests, optional playable characters, items, stuff like that. Stuff like that that you can expect from a remake of any RPG, not just a tactical RPG. But the two most notable differences between the War of the Lions version and the original version are that one, Full motion video cutscenes for story moments with full voice acting in the English version were added. And that, that was, was one of my really fucking cool. Yeah, that was probably one of my favorite things about the game is that those, those cutscenes are just really cool. And I, I, I like the art style. We'll get to that later, but it just worked really well. And the other thing, which actually this, it, it was slightly controversial in like the, original version or something but the war of the yes. lions version um it's a retranslation of the more basic original english text to have more of like an early modern english style of speaking so when this game was translated in the original version it kind of didn't have as much of the subtlety that was written into the dialogue in the non-translated version so like the japanese version so when they retranslated it for the war of the lions version they kind of went more for a a time period appropriate style of speaking so just so you guys know this is this is like high fantasy medieval setting game kind of, of thrones yeah yes very very game of thronesy yeah very game of thronesy it's the best modern reference we can give you mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
And we'll, you know, we're actually going to get into that later, but there's uh, they're more similar than you might think. Yes, actually, yeah. Um, and so what's what's an interesting an interesting fun fact, and I've talked about this throughout episodes of the homework game with Corey. But so you know, when I originally made chose this game for him, um, I personally have played fully the original Final Fantasy Tactics. I actually have not fully beaten War of the Lions. And what was funny is I didn't know some of the big updates, like the cutscene thing. I actually didn't know about. So I remember like in like one of the first episodes, or even when you Snapchat and be talking about it, you were like, "Dude, these yeah, cutscenes like, are so yeah, cool." Like, and I was like, "What are you about? talking about?" I was like, "Cutscenes." I was like, "Do you mean the first little thing before you press start, like when you don't press mm-hmm. anything?" And like, it, so it's and, and now that I've actually, I was also playing it on my phone because I had to know what these cutscenes were, yeah. and it's it's they do a, a fantastic job. So it's it's interesting fun fact that. um I'm ha- I'm actually a lot more happy that you played this version yeah. now knowing about it. Yep. Even compared to the old one. So I think it's just super, super cool. Hell yeah. Yeah, I definitely liked it too. Alright, so okay. So the first things first. Most important thing in some people's opinion about video games is the gameplay. So if you guys are familiar with tactical RPGs, it's it's almost like virtual chess or something like that the way that it works is that you're basically looking down on like a 3d diorama almost of the battlefield each battle you have a certain amount of units that you can send in and you control the units turn by turn so when it's this unit's turn you can say all right i want to move this person over to this space and then you can act or you can defend or you can wait if you act it's stuff like attack or you can use your jobs skills and stuff like that and you basically go back and forth like that with the enemy until most of the time the objective is you either kill everyone on the other side or you kill one person on the other side now tactical rpgs it requires a lot more strategic thinking you really need to think about like what abilities your units have what equipment your units have and where you're positioning them what your plan of attack is going to be. I don't have a ton of experience with tactical RPGs. Um, This was one of my first ones, and it had a pretty steep learning curve, to be honest. And mainly, one of the reasons for that is that this game has a very robust um, job system. So it's a little complicated, to be honest, at first, because like you have experience like every time you kill an opponent you get experience and then that levels up your character and your characters have individual levels but also you have jobs and you have job experience and you have job levels levels so it's like yes you can change jobs at any time as long as you meet the prerequisites to have that job but it's like say i'm a i'm a knight if you're a knight that means you're Each job, it's a little complicated to explain. Each job has its own set of abilities that are unique to that job. And if you are that job currently, you have those abilities innately, automatically. Then you can also assign another set of abilities from a different job. But you unlock individual abilities within these jobs by leveling up these jobs. So it's like... You need to get job experience to become a higher level in that job so that you can unlock certain abilities in that job, but then you can only use those abilities if you have those abilities assigned. So like the the one for Knight 
is arts of war. So say I learn like five different abilities in the arts of war category. That's cool. When I'm a knight, my set of abilities is arts of war. So I will have those available to me when I go to act. If I switch my job over to a squire, my automatic job abilities that I have will change to those of a, of a squire. But I can also assign Arts of War as the second one, and then I can use those skills that I learned from when I was a knight. So it's a really cool way of sort of customizing your units and deciding how you want them to be. Like, say, I want it, I want this one to be a monk who's super powerful using physical stuff, but also he has a lot of MP, so maybe I'll also assign him some of my black magic skills that I learned from when he was a black mage. And that's, it's really cool in concept, but my problem with it was that I feel like it did not teach me that great. And maybe I'm just, uh, maybe I'm just a smooth brain little baby boy, but like it was a, to be honest, it was a little bit to wrap my head around at first. I, uh, so I don't think you're a smooth brained baby boy. Don't worry. Um, so you, you actually explained it pretty well. Uh, something that I usually explain it to make it a little bit easier for people to understand is that so every time your character acts, you get EXP. And then, you, as you said, you get a job EXP, or it's called JP. Um, honestly, just think of it as a currency to spend on skills within each job tree of what you pick. Mm-hmm. So in, in the example that Corey gave, as a knight, you get the Arts of War, which um, what's cool with the knight class is that they allow you to cut or rend or break either you know different stats of a character yeah. or breaking their different armor or their weapons so it's you know it's kind of around like damaging or like debuffing a, a character down and now you can once you've once that character has learned those skills as long as you assign them the, you know it's kind of like like a real life like like a carpenter that becomes a painter could would be very good at repairing his easel if it breaks because he was yeah. also a carpenter at one point in his life and you can use those skills um which is kind of the idea behind that. I totally agree with you. I, I think a lot of people have the issue of if you don't know, if you haven't played a tactic-based game, because that type of format is not uncommon. The job system is definitely unique to Final Fantasy, which is where, yeah. where like a lot of people like Final Fantasy for that because of all the different jobs. And so I think it went hand-in-hand hand with a tactical-based game very well. But unfortunately, because it's a PlayStation 1 game original, and even with the updated uh, version of War of the Lions, they don't do a good job at really teaching you. There's not a lot of tutorial. There is. It's in a whole section. Like you yeah. can read the whole tutorial exactly. thing. Exactly. That's very, the thing. very is that dry. Like, it's super. Like it really. It's, it's like, like taking a it class. Really, it's like reading a textbook. A, on, like exactly. Yeah, yeah. It really is. So like. What's nice about it is that the game in itself is very simple. It's a very, it's, it's almost like there's a very hot trend going on right now on the internet of everyone's playing chess. So I'm going to equate it, like we said, to chess. Yeah. It's very simple where it if you didn't know anything about chess, you can pick it, you could pick up chess very quickly. You could play chess. You could figure out how all the pieces move and play it and finish a game of chess against somebody. But to actually optimize and learn and really yeah. get into the game, it becomes a huge deep type of game to really fully master all of these different you know class combos and stuff like that and you know a little bit of we 
we didn't even really get into is, you know, like that aside from just like the abilities the character gets, there are these passive traits that the character gets that each class, I should say, gets as well. So, you know, as a thief, you can get an ability that lets you move two more tiles and mm-hmm. you can take that ability and yeah, put there it are onto multiple your different kinds so of abilities. any job. There's yes, like, exactly. there's like reactive so, abilities. There's like defensive mm-hmm. abilities and like there's it's the same kind abilities. of thing. Yeah. You need to learn those by spending your job points from those jobs. But then you need to remember to, regardless of what class you are, regardless of what job you currently are, you need to remember to go into the menu, go to that character's menu, go to that character's abilities, and then assign that ability to that specific, like, reactionary skill. And yep. so that, we, we basically just tipped, you know, we scratched the tip of the iceberg on that. There's a lot of, there's there, a lot of moving parts. Yeah, and so I think this is where it's going to be funny. I'd be interested to hear your score because, so personally, it's nice that we have a really good uh, opposition to this because I've played a decent amount of tactic-based games and you have not. So what I think is interesting is going to be, I'm curious to see how your score is overall because I, you know, personally, my score will probably be higher because I think the game actually is, I think it's really good gameplay for the tactics-based genre Uh that it is. But if you've never played those games and all the games that you're used to is like Mario 64, like I, it's, it's weird, dude. It's like, I guess let me, let me just dive into it then. So I would say as far as tactical RPG gameplay goes, whenever I was in the battle, I was in it. I was having fun thinking about where am I going to put this guy? What am I going to use? How far do I have to position myself? Even like right before you enter a battle oh by the by the way it's like it functions on a on a map and each each uh mission is like a little dot so when you move to that dot it's like you enter a battle and then when you're preparing you have like a little hypothetical grid of like where do you want to place your units and even right when i got to that i was like all right a minute like where my rams is going to be like front left and then I'm going to make mm-hmm, sure I put mm-hmm. my healer behind him because I don't want her to be too close to physical attacks. And then I'll put like my mage on the other side. So like that stuff and thinking about move to move, what am I going to do? What are they going to do? That was really, really cool. I find that stuff really fun. I like thinking about mm-hmm. that stuff, especially when it works out. You just feel so satisfied. You feel like, hell you feel yeah. Like a, you feel like a war general. Yeah, exactly. You're like, oh, yes. Like, hell yeah, I just did that. And the class stuff, the job stuff, it, I, to be honest, like, it just took a little too long for me to wrap my head around it. But once I did wrap my head around it, it was really cool. Mm. Like, I, I really liked it. But I do think it's a detriment that it was that difficult. It was, it was, like you said, the tutorial stuff is there, but it's, it's, it's almost it's, impossible it's not because fair. it's not fair. Yeah. Cause you can't, you can't, it, there's too much information to possibly, that's not even counting like, like the amount of power that your weapons have versus like what your physical defense is versus like your magic evasion and shit like that. So I was gonna I was gonna say to be t- I think the funniest thing about me loving this game is that like actually looking at all of the stats of the units, there's still a couple things that I couldn't tell you off the top of my head. <laughs> like I like I, I like I, ha- I would have to hit select there and read so it many. just to double there's check. So there's a lot. There's uh, a lot. So 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 score wise out of ten. Out of 10 can we do half? We can do half, right? Oh yeah, oh yeah, okay. yeah. Go for it, go for it. Gameplay. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say eight. Eight out of ten. Going okay. for an eight out of ten. 
So actually, funny enough, I actually personally put it at a seven out of ten, Ooh. which is really funny. Um, so I want to go lower. Uh, <laughs> uh, my my bit about it is so I put seven out of ten because it's slow in the beginning, mostly. So this is from somebody that's played the game a lot. It's slow in the beginning because there's not many jobs, and the fights honestly become pretty basic in the very beginning because there's not a lot of depth to the classes yet. You know, making a, um, you know really you only have in the very beginning. The way that the job system works is that it branches off out of two main classes. You have your squire, which is like the start of your melee and your knight-esque classes. And then you have the chemist, which is the start of your magic-based magician classes. And so as you level up those guys, it branches out into more jobs. So you get the knight or the archer or the white mage or the black mage, so on and so forth. As you upgrade those jobs, it branches out even more. And eventually you'll have to kind of double back and try different jobs. And, uh, you know, there's like an interesting recipe of to get a really high level job, you need to be level six in one job, level four in another job, level two in another that job. That was the other thing. They don't tell That's, you what the fucking prerequisites. They are. don't. It's it's hidden. I had. To, I mean, they they're supposed. You're supposed to. It's supposed to be tricky. Like that. That was kind of the point. Is you're supposed to like really try to figure it all out, man, especially as a kid. Oh my I god. Sometimes that's okay, but when you have to fucking like to become a samurai, you have to like be like level six in like like at least three different jobs. And it's like, yep. how would I know? I don't know. If I hadn't looked so, it up, I wouldn't have gotten Ramza too a samurai. I, I think that's the opinion of the modern day lazy gamer that has knows that the answers are online. Like, what's actually so funny, when I was a kid growing up, I vividly remember my mom had a binder, an actual binder that she wrote yeah. all of these notes down about Final Fantasy Tactics. And the very first one was a horizontal job tree that she literally discovered essentially she actually wrote every single thing down figured out wrote all, like all these little tallies for what levels all of her characters were to figure out what all the jobs were and it was really that's, really cool that's rad and that's a valid way to play games especially <laughs> back then like you know i'm a huge zelda fan so like it was literally part of the game it said in the manual for the original legend of zelda you should write your own map you should draw out your yeah, own map mm-hmm. and that that mm-hmm. genuinely that's a valid thing to do and I get what you're saying that that's the opinion of the lazy gamer, but I feel like that's why <laughs> you don't see that anymore. I no, there I is agree. something I, to I, that that I I just don't have the time <laughs> to experiment oh, I, like that because it, maybe if this were a different kind of maybe if this were just a regular RPG or JRPG, but this is a tactical RPG and it's mission based. And you're supposed to be following a storyline. So it's like, if you want to try and experiment and do that stuff, you have to cut it off and be like, I'm not going to advance at all. I just need to do a crap ton of missions over and over so that I can and try like, it out. And figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. 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 No, I get it. I get it. Um, but yeah, so that's, and you know, again, and overall, it's one of the reasons why I gave it a seven out of 10, because, you know, again, in the beginning, there's not many jobs, so you really don't get much choices yeah. and the abilities you haven't unlocked yet. So a lot of it is just, I move here, I attack this, I wait my turn. Yeah. Um, but what's really cool about it is once you start to really, you know, once you, once you get more jobs available, there's a lot of depth to the game, you know, on the flip side of that though, 
Um, what I don't like about some of the gameplay is that, and I think this is just kind of a flaw to it being an older game, is that some of the classes are really fleshed out, some of the classes aren't. So like the Black Mage has all of these different magic skills. They have fire, they have ice, they have lightning, they have death, poison, frog, all of this cool stuff. Yeah. Um, versus the Archer, for example, literally all of his skills are just charging. Aim. It's just you charge... For you aim, yeah. yeah you literally it's you, aim you plus for five, turn aim to plus get, seven, it, aim plus twenty. Exactly, and so like I, I didn't, I personally, I don't like that. You know, I think that's a very lazy way for some of the some of the classes have zero love compared to some of the other ones, especially the basic classes. Yeah. Um. Or and also, you know, what is really cool about it slash it's it's funny because they're too powerful. There are also these special specific job classes from story based units that you get. So later on in the game, oh, yeah, a special knight of the holy order joins your party, and if you keep that special knight, oh of my the holy god, order, count Orlando. They, yes, Orlando. They have they have their own special abilities. You know that's unique to only them. Some of the characters are top tier busted. They can literally one v everything carry your team. Like every time their turn yeah. comes up, you're like, all right, I'm gonna bop or kill one to two people, and <laughs> yeah. they they won't die because I'll be fine. Right. Um. So yeah, that's why I give it a seven out of ten. Seven out of ten for Ryan. Eight out of ten for Corey. So. Next category, this is the story. And bear with me, guys. I, before we did this, I went and painstakingly wrote out a story synopsis for this game because this game has a pretty complex story. The story, to me, is one of the strongest aspects of it because, and we said this before, that this might share more similarities to Game of Thrones than you think. This game was inspired in part by the part of English history known as the War of the Roses, which is... Uh, also, we're going to stop right here. Spoiler alert to everyone that's listening. If you do not want oh, spoiled on the actual story, this is the spoilery part. So just warning you, go I'm ahead. I'm going to synopsize the whole thing. And that's for those of you that don't know, the War of the Roses is the exact same thing that Game of Thrones was based on. So, and bear with me, this is going to be a little bit long. I condensed it as small as I possibly could, but I'm going to blaze through it real quick. Recounted by a scholar through the Darai papers, Final Fantasy Tactics War of the Lions follows the story of Ramza Beolv, an honorable, noble-born young man and his common-born best friend raised alongside him, Delita. Upon Delita's sister being murdered through political strife and uprisings during their days as cadets in the Order of the Northern Sky, that's an army, Delita goes off on his own and Ramza does as well, abandoning his nobility and joining a mercenary group. Both seek out to root out the corruption and power hunger in Ivalice, that's where this takes place, though each has different methods. The main story of the game revolves around the War of the Lions, War of the Roses, War of the Lions, very similar. A civil war in Ivalice in which the Order of the Northern Sky, led by Duke Larg and supported by Ramza's family, House Beolv, is pitted against the Order of the Southern Sky, led by Duke Goltana. The two orders each have someone being used as a pawn that has a legitimate claim to the throne, Prince Orinus for the Northern Sky and Prince Ovelia for the Southern. Uh, if you guys know the War of the Roses, you're probably starting to see the comparisons. Throughout his journey, journey Ramza discovers that the Church of Ivalice is pulling the strings behind the scenes 
pitting the two armies against each other, and is collecting an ancient artifact known as the Orosite. That's the MacGuffin for this game. They're like little spheres. In order to eventually take out both armies and consolidate power. The Orosite are known for their role in the Legend of the Zodiac Braves, in which 12 knights, led by a holy man called Saint Ajora, used the Orosite to take down an ancient demon, the master of the Lucavi. The Orosite, however, is far more sinister than originally thought, and turns people into demons, who Ramza and party have to face and defeat in order to reclaim the Orosite so that it can't be used for evil by the church. Along the way, Ramza's sister is kidnapped by the Knights Templar, they're the Knights of the Church, who plan to use her to resurrect the Master of the Lucavi to do their bidding or some shit. They're nuts. This turn, Let's go church people. This Master of the Lucavi actually turns out to be St. Ajora himself, which means the legend is false. St. Ajora wasn't a holy man at all, but was actually using the Orosite for himself to try and take down the empire of his day. Ramza is victorious against him and the Knights Templar, and saves his sister, also ending the War of the Lions in the process through other events. Meanwhile, throughout, Delita, who is working for the church for his own ambitions, he's not actually, he doesn't want to revive demons and shit, but he's working with them to serve his own purposes. He is put by them as an undercover plant in the Order of the Southern Sky. While he's there, he grows close to Princess Ovelia, who is told by Goltana that she's not actually a legitimate princess, but a lowborn swapped with the real princess at birth. Naturally, that rattles her. Also, interestingly, this that's actually never fully verified in the game, whether or not that's true, but it's kind of assumed that it's true based on context clues or whatever. We get a very nice cutscene between the two of them, Delita and Ovelia, where he says that he wishes to create a new world for her to rule, to eliminate all the corruption and evilise, so that she can rule and be fair to commoners and low-born people, so that they may never again be used as a pawn in a corrupt man's game for power, just like himself, just like Ovelia, and just like his sister Tietra, who died in chapter one of this game. Delita meets up and cooperates with Ramza on multiple occasions, they're friendly somewhat, but the two don't fully see eye to eye, they have different means to their ends, and they've never fully reconnected after what happened with Delita's sister. Delita eventually works his way up in the ranks of the Southern Sky, eventually assassinating Duke Goltana, the head of the Southern Sky, and at the end of the war, he marries Princess Ovelia and makes himself King of Ivalice. Through all of this manipulation and stuff, he ends up being the king, married to Princess Ovelia. Um, as Ramza, throughout the game, obviously fighting the church, he was labeled a heretic by the church, naturally. So at the end of the game, the church is still standing, he's labeled a heretic, so his role in ending the War of the Lines was totally forgotten, and all of the credit was given to Delita, who, to be fair, did some shit, but... Ramza was kind of the body that stopped ancient demons from being revived and taking over the world. <laughs> Actually saved the entire humanity. Yeah. All of humanity. Oran Durai, who I don't have enough time to mention who he is, he writes the truth about the events in writings called the Durai Papers, the same papers that the historian in the beginning of the game is recounting the events of this game from. But 
he's burned at the stake for it because it says a lot of bad stuff about the church. So the papers are lost to history, as is Ramza's role as the hero. That is, of course, until the scholar from the beginning of the game finds the papers and reads them to us. The last cutscene in the game, it's, I don't remember how long it is later, but it's later. Delita's king. It's Ovelia's birthday. Ovelia, out of hatred for being used as a stepping stone by Delita to become king, and out of hatred for Delita in general for just using so many people along the way, stabs him. And Delita, in retaliation, takes the knife out and murders her. Then he looks at the sky and wonders aloud where Ramza might be and which one of them truly got what they wanted in the end. Now, masterful. This is great storytelling. This is a rad story. It's very fucking cool. And I think it's important to mention that it is based on The War of the Roses because one of the biggest detriments of this story is that it is so fucking complicated. That that write up very That write up was like a page long at 10 point font. That is the smallest I could possibly get it. I did not mention Fulmarv. I didn't mention Wygraph. I didn't mention Cardinal Delacroix. I didn't mention friggin' Marquise Elmdor. I didn't mention your goddamn father. I didn't mention your brothers. <laughs> at all. These are key players in this story, and I did not mention them at all. That's how complicated and complex. If anyone here has watched Game of Thrones or or anything that's like high fantasy like that with a lot of characters like Lord of the Rings or something like that and thought too many names, too many people. I don't like it. Don't play this game <laughs> because it is yeah, very much fair. that. Very fair. I happen to love that shit. And even though this confused me definitely at some points, and that partially has to do with how I played the game, but we'll get back to that later. I still thought the story was wicked. Cool. Really cool. Really well done. I not only is it just really cool setting wise and like it's got that house versus house like crazy power struggle like people getting murdered like huge power moves happening that stuff is all super cool and that's what I love about Game of Thrones but also there's a lot of really cool thematic stuff at play here too there's a lot of like deep dialogue about like the disparity between like the lowborn class and nobles and like corruption and power hunger in a civilized nation and also one of the really cool themes that kind of goes throughout that gets repeated a couple times is how those in power influence history and i think that's super interesting that it 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 seems unnecessary that this game was framed through a historian recounting these events through papers that he discovers but that is so fucking cool because Ramza's the true hero of the story, but of course, because of all the enemies made along the way, that true story couldn't come to light. That's also reflected in, remember how I said St. Ajora turned out to be like a really bad guy? He turned out to be like the demon master? There is an item in the game that you get called the Scriptures of Germanique, which are required to open like the hell area that you fight him in. The scriptures of Germanique were written by someone called Germanique who revealed that Ajora was using the Orosite to take down the empire of the day. So that's another instance of history of these ancient texts 
telling the truth about what actually happened, but because they were hidden, that truth didn't come to light because of the church. Because the church held Ajora as this like holy being. That stuff I just think is really cool. I yeah, I agree. So I 100% agree with everything you just said. That's like the coolest thing about this game is the how intricate and deep and like it really has very honestly like hot topic real world oh yeah big time concepts like they you know again there's a like i as i'm you know obviously i don't even i don't even know none of us do but there are probably so many you know history is only written by the people that you know like history is written by the victors as people my say. god as you know, citizens of the u.s that cannot be more true there's be, no way it cannot be more true like, right now it's crazy See, and actually, what, what's, so what's what's funny too is that there's a very there's a quote that's been going around from Final Fantasy Tactics that people randomly talk about that I love that is uh, made from a character that we actually didn't even get to talk about in the game. He's kind of a little minor, one of the characters that Koro said we didn't have time to mention. But he actually says in the game, if the penalty for a crime is a fine, then that law exists only for the lower class. So there's a really common theme in the story of the nobility and the common people, you know, because it's especially high fantasy stuff. There's always that, you know, the yep. rich houses pay, you know, pave the way for their power and blood of, of the poor. And that's always been a common thing in a lot of high fantasy stories. You see it a lot in Game of Thrones, obviously, and you see it a lot in this game. And they do a really cool job, especially as the two main people you follow, Ramza mostly, and then his best friend, Delita, who is a common-born man. Um, you see these really interesting perspectives. Delita, for example, has always been so jealous of his best friend, Ramza, because he was highborn. And Delita was kind of given a little taste of the highborn noble life being Ramses' friend, but was also still treated very poorly, was still, yeah. you know, beaten down for being poor. And he's always, always wanted to have his time. You know, he's like, all the nobles are bad. I'm a good person. I should, you know, people like me should be the ones that have the power and control. The world would be better if the if the poor ran, ran the world and, you know, nobility burned and they were and gone. that's that's interesting too is that like when they split up basically because neither what happens is tietra his his sister gets killed at basically at the hands of your own brother pretty much your brother authorizes the kill and you and delita are both like what the fuck delita's heartbroken basically you, after the battle every shit explodes right and then you guys yeah, shit goes you guys nuts, basically yeah. just go your separate ways but then once you meet up and you start sort of seeing how each character is handling the war of the lions and the build up to it you start to see their the means they have similar ends they want to take out the corruption mm -hmm. but the means are totally different rams's id idea because he's a noble born, he, he thinks it should be handled in a noble fashion where you just upright stand up to that and say, no, you can't do that. So I'm going to fight you. Delita, on the other hand, thinks, let me play their game then. If this is how they're going to do it, let me yeah, play I'll, their game. I'll, I'll fight, I'll fight fire yeah. with fire. Yeah. But, but this is my big swing for this shit. And this is another thing. That this game has in common with Game of Thrones. And I'm going to spoil Game of Thrones big time here. For those of you that haven't watched Game of Thrones, if you are planning on watching it and don't know what happens in the end, skip ahead a few minutes. This game has what I like to call the Daenerys problem. 
in Game <laughs> of Thrones, Daenerys has a legitimate claim to the throne, or or at least she has a legitimate reason to want to avenge her father and go back to Westeros and take the throne back. She gets sold into slavery in Essos. While she's there, her brother is still saying, ah, fuck these guys, let's go back there and take the throne from them. And eventually, she authorizes him being killed, and her being sold into slavery, she hates it. But she gets the gears churning in her head, and she's thinking, you know what, I'm going to amass my power. She eventually gets the Dothraki on her side, she finds out she's the mother of dragons, and she gets dragons on her side, she gets the Unsullied on her side... She gets all this power in Essos. Instead of going back to Westeros and immediately just being like, fuck you bitches, I want the throne back from my family, she decides out of the goodness of her heart to wage a campaign on basically the whole fucking continent of Essos on Slaver's Bay to go from city to city freeing the slaves because she believes that lowborn people are still good people and no one should be sold into slavery like that. She despises the noble people that are putting those people into those positions and pushing them down and ostracizing them. And she decides that's what's important to me. I'm a person fighting for the people. I need to go around. The Westeros can wait. The throne can wait. I need to make sure that everyone is okay here. I need to make sure that people have their freedoms because I've experienced that and it fucking sucks. So then what happens? At the end of the show, Daenerys, while she's finally in King's Landing and she's in a position where she can take the throne back, she decides, I'm going to murder all of these lowborn people. I'm going to murder all these peasants. I'm going to burn thousands of innocent people with my dragons because fuck them. Because they worshipped these assholes and because they need to fear me and I need to strike fear in everyone's hearts. I'm not saying that's inherently a bad thing. And this isn't a Game of Thrones rant. I think that could have been pulled off fine. I feel like when George R.R. Martin finally writes these fucking books, he's going to have a convincing descent into madness for Daenerys. So when that happens in the end, the reader is going to be like, I don't like that, but it makes sense. People hated that in the show because it didn't make sense. It seemed like the flip of a switch. Here we have Delita Hyrule, who the whole fucking game, at least for me, at least from what I was getting, and I may not be, I might not be the sharpest crayon in the box, and maybe I didn't pay 100% Attention to literally every single thing, but I read the dialogue. I was paying attention. The whole game, I was thinking, yeah, Delita, he's doing this for the lowborn people. He's got good reasons. I was rooting for Delita more than I was rooting for Ramza. And then at the end, <laughs> you're trying to tell me that Delita was just in this to be king? I don't know, man. Yes. I don't, I don't, so, I don't buy it. I don't buy it. So, what I personally like a lot about the ending, and you were not wrong, a lot of people are very, very annoyed about the, the people don't like the ending because it's a very, it feels very abrupt, especially because it's like a little bit of a time skip. So like, there's a lot that could be, you know, left unsaid about Delita doing what he did. But um, what, you know, again, going back to the, so the, the duality of the two main characters of Ramza being a highborn, Delita being a lowborn. What I really like about it is that Ramza was genuinely a good person. He wanted to do what was right. 
and fight and save, protect everybody. He did not want evil things to happen. And that's kind of why, that's the approach he takes. You know, he threw away everything he had. He threw away his noble rights to, you know, ruling this house, you know, just to, he becomes a common man to save the world because he knew it was genuinely wrong. And Delita, what you notice if you read a lot of the text, Delita was very bitter from the very beginning yeah. towards anybody that was noble. And, you know, even, even Rams's brothers, because they, you know, I yeah. mean, mostly because to be fair, they said shit, like they would just like call him like literally like a lowborn dog. That was like literally they, they throw the word lowborn dog at you a lot, which is like, <laughs> that's just like a rough way to say it. Yeah. But uh, they, you know, Delita tried to be as good of a person as he could be, especially being with Ramza. He always, you know, he admired Ramza, who was his best friend. They, they both together wanted to do no wrong, you know, especially when they first, when they first meet the, uh, Argus or Argath, yeah. um, this, this random character that, that's you know, the, that's who kills killing, Teatra, that's yeah. the, that's, that's who kills Delita's sister. They yeah. both agree to save Argath in the beginning in that, in one of your first missions because they agree, you know, they want to, they want to do what's right. But for Delita, he's the man that every time he, he's trying to be as good as he can, he always gets stepped on. Something happens that makes him hate the world and hate the noble people more. And obviously the thing that does it in for him is when the man that he saves ends up murdering his sister. Yeah. His sister. And the reason why he does it is because he that character is trying to gain the favor of a noble house because it's all about the noble yep. politics still. Yeah. And his sister, his sister is the most valued person to him who also was kind of lived with nobility. It was almost like a fake noble girl. Same thing. Same, same just, as Delita. She was yeah. raised with them. She was, you know. Exactly. She, she was thrown away at a moment's notice because it, it advanced the plans of Ramses' brother. You know, the noble people. And I think that is what did it in for Delita, where all it was was this lust and thirst for revenge and this wanting of power, because he's always wanted the power in the end. And that's what I like. I like that it, that he actually doesn't become Ramza. Like, again, I, the duality of it I like a lot. I It stinks, because a lot of people like Delita, but I like the... The flaw, the inherent flaw that he had, because Rams is your good, pure character. You can't have two of them doing opposite things in the yeah. end and both be good, pure people. Um, I do think it's super rushed. It stinks that Ovelia, it stinks that Ovelia also, because Delita is the only one that actually showed her kindness, to be fair. Yeah. And then, I mean, like, I get it because obviously he becomes king now. And so she probably feels used. But like, I think she also probably should have realized that, like, he still was her best future but so anyways. i yeah i was that's why i i i equate it to the daenerys problem because it's very similar yeah if i read the books the game of thrones books like and there was all that detail leading to a descent into madness for daenerys i feel like i would come out of it being like okay that makes sense even with delita i i totally get what you're saying i feel like there is enough there where that case could be made and that's so fascinating but i just feel like there wasn't enough i i don't know was i just like not paying attention because like i felt like there just wasn't enough in the times that we see delita where that hints to him wanting power for himself ever like because he never Uh. whenever hear me out because in the in the scene where you meet up in chapter two when he's basically saying the he he makes some sort of weird river metaphor he's like the something shit's flowing yeah. like a river and like yeah, yeah he yeah, basically yeah. says 
stay out of it because there are bigger things at play here. There are things you don't understand about this. Basically implying that this is all for the big picture. So Mm -hmm. why does it become an individualist thing for him? Well, so I, I feel after he, so if you, you know, throughout the later stages of the game, chapters two, three, and four, and you're starting to get into the actual plot of not really the houses fighting, but it's you stopping the church from reviving this horrible yeah. demon. Um, you kind of realize, or like, Delita keeps running into Ramza, and Ramza keeps obviously trying to save the day and stopping all this from happening. And I think, you know, Delita even comes to the point where he literally is so bullheaded. He says, I know I'm being used, but I'm still going to do this. My, You know, I'm going to still you know, do it my way from their side kind of thing. And he like knows the side that he's on is evil. Like he know he's like he's like, I know what's happening. Yeah, but like, then I'm... but even then he kills a fake Orlando and conspires with Ramza to let him take the real Orlando so that they can go actually fight the church. So that's so, so let me okay. finish. So he I think after seeing Ramza, you know, try to do the good thing, I think that eventually starts to break him through. And I think once you know, like, what you have to remember is, like, when he becomes king, it's right after everything's done and over. So there's, like, you know, like, that objective is complete. So I feel like his his ending is after the righteous part of it. It's not like he's also going to fade off and ride off into the sunset like Ramza does, yeah. you know, to be never to return again. Because, you know, also, Ramza being labeled a heretic, they need somebody to try to make the world good again. You know, somebody to somebody to lead, and so I feel like it almost falls on his shoulders, and it does kind of become. You know, he he definitely is probably doing it for personal gain, but I feel he was also trying to do it to. You know, he's a he's a lowborn that now is raised and actually gotten what he's always wanted. I yeah, you know, as a man, it's is irresistible. That high-born no, noble power, exactly. It's still irresistible. I, yeah, I think it also. I think it also shows you know the history repeating itself thing of how you know the the sacred text that shows that Ajora is evil was burnt and hidden away for the power. Ajora's, Ajora obviously hid it away to keep his power, you know, just as the church burned the the Orion papers or the Durai papers yeah. um, to try to hide all the evil that they did during Rams's time to keep their power. And, you know, I think it's just that power corrupts kind of thing where, you know, it, it just, it you know, even though Delito was such a good person by the very end and did all these good things, he still ends up, you know, kind of being the next, like the repeating yeah. cog. In the what is that? What's that saying? It's like absolute power corrupts so, absolutely or something. Yeah, absolute. Yep, absolute power corrupts yeah. absolutely. I would say those don't learn from history. So yeah. I, okay. So this was long-winded. I'm going to give it a 9 out of 10. Uh, that's exactly what I would yeah, give it as I, well to, as a 9 To be 10. honest, the Delita thing knocked it down a little bit for me, but I, like, I still totally, I don't know. I still totally get there's enough there where that could have been convincing for me. I just I just feel and I like what they did. I just feel like I wish they did it a slightly different way. I I think you need a moss bag level video yeah. of the lore to watch and I think you'd be like oh, Well, no, okay. but that's the problem is that I looked for that stuff and I didn't I don't know. <laughs> All right. Well, let's move on though cuz that took a while and we got a lot to get through. We have a lot to get through. This is going to be... This is a rough yeah. podcast. Okay. Uh, not going to so lie. So these next two uh, should go relatively quickly. Next one is visual yes. style. Um, I liked the visual style. It didn't blow me away. It's... For mm-hmm. for anyone who's played any sort of like 
high fantasy uh medieval kind of game it's got that aesthetic but the 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 style of it like the characters that's kind of what i like the most is that the characters almost have this like chibi-esque quality to them like they all kind of have hands that are a little bit too big for their bodies and like they (laughs) have like very cartoonish faces with kind of like big long eyes and like not really any pronounced noses um i like that but also at the same time a lot of the characters kind of look similar like Wygraf and Fulmarv are basically the same person with different hair and like they, yeah. it's it's and and there's a lot of tan because it's like the map screen is as if you're looking at a real like old map so it's all tan and all the menus are all tan and like the the sounds like you just don't like tan well i mean not too much tan tan is a color that i can only take in small doses my friend my god <laughs> but tan tan sister right i think i think visually the best part of it is um the cutscenes for me so that's why yes. i'm glad i so, played this version good i'm glad you did i'm glad yeah. you did too uh personally so uh this is definitely a little bit little bit of deferring um uh it's this is highly highly based on the nostalgia of this game for me but this actually is probably one of my favorite sprite styles actually it does have so, good sprite artwork, work yeah Art, artwork aside, the actual art, like, I agree. I think especially when you see the, the person talking in the text bubble, they really do have very similarly drawn faces. And I think it's kind of like almost a... It's like almost like an anime approach. Yeah. You know, like a chibi style, like yeah, you said. Um, but personally, the sprites, which to me, like, when I... The visual style in the category, I think of the majority of what you're looking at, which is the fighting of the game. And so the actual animation and visual sprites mm-hmm. of the people slashing, shooting, the magic is actually really, really good. The summons yeah, look really, that's true. really good the summons for a PlayStation 1 game. They look nuts. It's actually... It has that really cool Final Fantasy, like, when you're a kid, like, your eyes open up. You're like, holy yeah. shit, I just did that to this dude. Like, I just literally, like, like a freaking demons fall like is like hovering over the map and it crashes down with fire and earth like it's it was really cool um so like i really like that and the cutscenes made it that much better which i really liked a lot but especially for playstation one standards which is what i put it at i think a lot of the actual animations of the sprites were very very crisp i think i agree that the the look of some of the characters kind of gets reused because they have that like fall guys look almost. <laughs> oh, that's like, so accurate yeah like, yeah, it's a Fall Guys look, guys. That's what I'll tell you. It's like a Fall Guys, like a Ness Lucas Fall Guys yeah. eyes is like what all of them have, and they have no nose. Right. Um, so I would, but so personally, you know. personally, I give it a ten out of ten. Whoa. But that's a nostalgic ten out of ten. So actually, I'm gonna give it a nine and a half out of ten. I, I think a nostalgia cannot push the last half point for anything. Um, to be honest I'm, with you, I'm thinking you can go lower. I'm thinking somewhere. seven and a half. Seven and a half. I, I think it game. it looks. The problem is like I can't. Fa- there's nothing that looks bad in this game, but there's to me there's a lot of stuff that looks samey, and a lot of stuff that doesn't. Nothing blows mm-hmm. me away. Like even the best designed uh, settings, like battle settings, where it's like a waterfall. It's just like that's cool. It looks like a waterfall. <laughs> but it's yeah but it's fair. not like whoa look at this crazy insane architecture it's like whoa mm-hmm, look, mm-hmm. look at that waterfall yes yeah, so, okay, so i'd okay. say seven fair and enough, a half. Fair enough. okay how do you feel about the music uh so the, it's kind of it, to be honest it's a little bit generic 
high fantasy. There's not Mm -hmm. a, again, and also I feel like I was kind of, I I pay attention to music a lot in video games just in general, and I feel like I was at a disadvantage because I was playing on my phone. And Oh, so you did not hear a lot. Well, sometimes, well, that's what, I do feel like a lot of music gets repeated in this game, like a lot. Uh, so yes, I was gonna say uh, they're actually uh, they're really um, Final Fantasy is known for their music yeah. and their their composition of it, and so it's nice that they kept the orchestra of Final Fantasy into the game. Like a lot of you know, there actually is a lot of instruments in the game, but you're right, they actually did not. I think if I I don't remember actual facts about it, but they did not have a lot of either money or budget for a lot of the music. So you so like a, like the pretty much same exact. Yeah. Uh, there's like a there's like a song for when Ramza is meeting up with yeah. somebody in a friendly and then manner, there's the same kind of tune like for getting upbeat. ready for a battle same tune for a battle yeah same tune for the map exactly screen. yeah so like yeah so the only so the only difference is like the main encounters have different themes yeah. like but it's so and but also like when you play the if you grind medallia planes six times in a row because you're traveling back and forth you'll hear the same song over and over yeah. so you know. All right, so I mean, I could also argue that for Pokemon, but you know, it's what? Fine. Um, <laughs> did you say Pokemon has? Hold on. So, so what you put is the what you put? Pokemon has fantastic music. What you put is what you put? I'm gonna go course? for a six. Going yeah. for a six. Okay, that's actually totally fine. Uh, I personally put it. I think I put a seven. Did I do seven? Let's make sure. I did a seven. All right, six and a seven, right okay. around the same ballpark. Yeah, just about. We're, we're, we're pretty even so okay. far. Okay, so um, challenge and difficulty curve. Because of... I'm not going to rank this one super high. And that's mainly because of the job class stuff. Like, the the actual battle... Well, You know what? There, even when I was kind of getting the hang of it, there were some very intense difficulties. I wasn't points. getting the hang of it, yeah. There <laughs> yeah. Were, well, there, there, there's that's some big-ass execution The, the ease of entry is not it's not easy the the skill like it's it's a very high level that you Mm -hmm. need to like sort of start playing at almost right from the beginning you can get through the first few missions maybe most of chapter one but once you get into especially like the end of chapter one and chapter two it's like you got to know how to play this game and i got to a point where i'm and i said this to you i think i don't know if i said it on the homework game but i said it to you i was like i am i playing this game right like I just didn't yeah, know, I like, should I have been unlocking more classes so far? And that's something where it's like, mm-hmm. they don't tell you what you need to unlock the classes. I was struggling with comprehending the the JP, and the, I think the big thing in my head was like, do you earn JP just by doing stuff while you're a job? Or do you earn JP by using your job skills? The job, yep, yep. So yep, I yep. was I was confused on that part, and I was like, I feel like I'm not advancing. So that took a big hit for me, and then there are multiple points throughout the story, namely towards the end of Chapter 2, the fight with Gafgarian, and then that second fight against one of the Lukavi. I don't think it's the big fat one, but it's the other one with the claws. It's either Fulmarv or oh, Wygraf yeah. that you fight. That one yeah, was really, Rap, really damn like, hard. And then like the beginning mm-hmm. of chapter three or like somewhere, the end of chapter two, chapter three, it's really goddamn hard. And then towards the end, it's pretty damn easy. So the yeah. curve is all over the place. 
it's very difficult to enter. I'm going to give it a five. So I actually, so I personally gave it an eight out of 10 for difficulty Ooh. curve just because, well, because I agree with you. Um, so what I wrote, you know, the one, the 1v1 against WeGraph is always really, really hard. Yeah. Um, as well as like the monastery, like if you're so like, yeah. there's a couple moments in the game where if you're under leveled and you enter the main game, like the main mode, like the red dot, sometimes there's multiple battles back to back to back and you don't get to change your mind after you finish the first battle so sometimes you get stuck like i actually one of my childhood runs of the game i i legitimately had to make a new game because i did the 10 year old mistake of only having one save file and i legitimately could not pass part of it because the characters were too strong that was the thing with the gafgarian fight it's not even like with these fights you can get lucky like you can't, I've yeah. had, I had time, I, the Gafgarian fight, that was the one where easily I did the most amount of times where Ramza is separated with Gafgarian because mm-hmm. I literally could not do anything to him with just Ramza. I needed the other people and the other people I kept getting killed. So I kept replaying it being like, okay, if I put this person here, I put this person here, I get a lucky KO with Agrius and then I silence this guy so he can't do anything. I had scenarios where everything played out exactly as I wanted it to, and I still lost. And at that point, it's just like you just need to. It's got, frustrating. Well, at that point, there's no solution other than you just have to grind. You just can't do this level yet. You know. Yeah. That's the craziest thing about tactics games is that it's it's all about the pre knowledge, which is almost like war itself. You know, like it's it's all about how much. It's a video game, Ryan. Have. <laughs> oh come on! It's uh, no, it's real life. Um, all right. It's all about the knowledge you have. But yeah, so, uh, you know, again, I, it really, what's crazy is because some of the fights, some of the main fights that they do, they test you very quickly on on like some of the strategic concepts of the game like when you first do daughter trade city which is like the first human fight that you do it's the third red dot it's when you first start fighting some units in a town and what they do is assholes before you even get bows and arrows they throw fucking yeah. two archers up on the highest point of the game and they just get like two free turns to shoot down on you as you try to climb your way up because you nobody you don't you don't even have enough people you don't have enough like range yet to deal with that but they like they, they throw that stuff at you mm. so I, that's why i give it an eight out of ten because like it definitely your first playthrough is very hard because you have to make very harsh mistakes that you don't even know that you're making yet because you just didn't realize that your characters weren't built for this type of type of thing but i mean again like that's like it's again from the nostalgic i've played tactics games point of view i love those challenges and i also feel like i can see i can kind of see the solutions it's like i've I've solved those puzzles enough that i can kind of see what the game is trying to get me to do if i played like a new version of those games Mm -hmm. but definitely for somebody as like your first like i again like i remember my first time playing that game and i had the exact same like wow this is fucking yeah it's just bullshit like why did they like why do i have to do this right now yeah and it's very frustrating. And the, the grind, that that's... We'll get into it later yeah. for compelling factory replayability. But yeah. So I give that... Um, personally, I give that an 8 out of 10. You said 6. I said 6. I mean, for agreeing with most of the stuff I said, 8 seems pretty high. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean... We grab fights really hard, man. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Next one is level of immersion. So this is basically... When you were playing the game, did you feel like you were having an in-game experience? Did you feel like you were sucked into the world of the game? Um, no. Not really. <laughs> to be, but to on. be fair, 
I don't think that's a big part of this game. Because when you're playing chess, you're not like, I am the pawn taking down this other pawn. <laughs> the whole point of a tactical game like that is there's supposed to be a gr- degree of separation. Because you have the yes, bird's eye view. Definitely. You're the one playing the pieces. It's not like you're on the battlefield. You're the one controlling it from above. So it's not like you're not yeah, supposed exactly. to feel like you are Ramza, even though he is a relatable character in a lot of character trait kind of ways. It that I feel like this game isn't really meant to be super immersive in that way. Um, the the part that got me the most immersed and like enveloped in it was the story. When story stuff was happening, I was like, "Oh, this is really cool. This is happening as if it's like historical events are playing out in front of me." This is really cool. When there were like big plot moments like that. And also, there's something that it does that I think is really cool where it's not just cutscenes that are separated by battles. There are a lot of battles where gameplay will stop when it's a certain opponent's turn and they'll have like a line of dialogue related to the story and then Ramza will rebuttal. Mm -hmm. And like, I think it's really cool the way they incorporated that. That definitely sucked me in a little more. Um, but. I think overall, it's not really that immersive, especially because I was playing on my phone. That's another thing, is that, like, I'm playing on a little thing, and, like, I always had other stuff going on around me, and I could never have the music on full blast, so, like, I would give this one a five, but also, to be fair, I don't think, like, if we were to do, like, weighted scores, level of immersion, I feel like, would not matter as much for this game. So I think that's fine. Uh, Yeah. I, I agree. I, I pretty much agree with everything you're saying there. Um, personally, I gave the level of immersion. Um, I actually did a, did a six out of mm-hmm. ten um, for me. So the game has kind of slow points in the be- in between the storyline of the first half of the game to the second half of the game. So like when you're first playing and you don't know anything about the game yet, and you're just like it's this it's the northern sky versus the southern <laughs> sky. Um, like I like you know like I was it was confusing because there's a lot of characters. It's hard to get into the game when you don't really know what's going yeah. on. But for me, every time I play the game, I'm pretty much fully locked in. Once it's like Rams is a heretic, he's yeah. trying to stop the church from doing all this stuff. And especially because like, all right, listen, guys, no offense to religious people out there, but like. Church is like what the church murders people. Okay, <laughs> there is a murder going on in any religious like association. Yep. I'm sorry, but like so like especially in this game, dude, the church does not. Hold this church back is real bad. Yoinking people. This, the church dude, in they the yoink, church in they is like friggin' bad people, man. Bad dudes. Very bad people. But but like that to me that like kind of like what you said you know again a tactics game you do not you're not really supposed to pretend that you're the archer shooting the one exactly. guy for your one turn exactly. again you, you really are supposed to feel like you're controlling you're the general it's it's this. supposed to feel like a yeah. almost like a game board because it is almost like a a, a war whatever those are called like actual generals yeah, yeah. use like you know? a, yeah a tactics yeah, board yeah. um and so like I I agree that's why I I can't really put it okay. too high. You know, unlike unlike our other game, we'll talk about with immersion. Yeah. Because oh my god. All right, let's okay, keep sorry. let's keep going. Um, we got to wrap this up because we got a yeah. whole other game. <laughs> so, the pacing of this game, um, I would give it an eight. I think it was well paced. Um, I you know um, there's it it goes there's four chapters. Um, they're all chapter three and four are obviously longer than chapters two and one, but not insanely. Like, chapter three felt pretty long, but 
at the same time, I feel like it's all going along with the pace of the story. So as long as you're as long as you're hooked by the story and you want to know what happens next, it doesn't really. F there are only a few moments where it feels like, okay, this is dragging out a little long, and I feel like some of that that might be a detriment. You maybe you can back this up. I don't know exactly which ones, but I know there were some added missions. I feel like some of those, like when I was rescuing Luso from the beasts, like that optional mission thing, I was like, who cares? I don't want to do this. Let me get back to the story yeah, stuff. I agree with that. Um, the added missions that they do is like a little kind of off topic. Like, um, really like the Luso thing. The big thing about that is... Um, they wanted to add they wanted to it, it's a we, it's really really weird because the main like luso is the main character of final fantasy tactics a2 yeah. the second it's the third final fantasy tactics it's the advanced. second of the ds of the advanced yeah. ones so it's really weird because like i think it came out i think that game came out when final fantasy a2 was coming yeah. out so it was like a weird almost kind of like uh, a okay. fourth wall break like what? oh i know yeah. that k reek dude it's like a it's like a promo. and it was it, so yeah it's a little it's a it's a little yeah exactly it really is like a promo it was a little little pointless but um, yeah there's, i think just generally it was pretty well paced there's a there's a few moments where it's like okay maybe let's speed it up a little bit but in general i think it was pretty good i think it was pretty decently paced too i think um once you like especially if you if you look at the whole map in general, it's kind of nice because it's typically three to four blips before yep. you get to the next main town yeah, yeah, yeah. that allows you to unlock more items, more rumors, more errands, so on and so forth. And so that it's pretty chopped up really evenly yeah, in that regard. Yeah, exactly. It's what, even. What what makes it slow is when you have to travel from the southern part of the map to the northern part of the map, and you have to take the chance of the random encounters that you have yeah, to like random there's like 13 chances that you might randomly get into a fight and you got to do a fight yeah um, oh well which so yeah i mean like so to me like i gave the pace or the um the pacing uh a seven out of ten because it's good pacing the beginning for a strategy game it shows the new parts and the new jobs at a pretty good rate but so what once everything is unlocked or the majority of the things are unlocked the you, like you as the character can unlock jobs quicker than the story will introduce to you so a lot of times if you get into the game a lot of people end up finding the ninja class before ninjas appear as enemies so like by the time ninjas appear it's supposed to kind of be like a whoa they have ninjas but like for me anyways i was like i've had ninjas for like six major battles now and i know this shit on people so like i don't care like i'm just gonna beat them up anyways near like it's it, when they introduce ninjas to me oh really oh close. wow that's so funny really i was uh, I, I even on my first playthrough, I think I got ninjas by like the desert. No, like I, I, was I just like grinded monks and thieves and okay, well, it's okay. All right, it's okay. Let's move on. Um, so I give it a seven. Okay, seven out of ten for you. you I give it an eight. Next one is the compelling factor. This is does it keep you playing when you're not playing? Do you want to keep playing? Does the game keep you hooked? Does it keep you moving along? Does it make you want to play more? I am conflicted with this one because. When I was playing, when I was in the game, when I was playing, and if I was winning, I was like, hell yeah, let's do the next <laughs> one. But yep. with certain fights, it it depends. Because like these aren't short. Some of them are kind of short, and you can get them over with quickly. But you could also be spending 10 to 15 minutes on a mission. So it fucking sucks yeah. when you're in minute 12, and then you die, 
and then it's like, oh god, you I gotta do, do it again, shit over again. Like, come on. Yeah. Especially if something and, and happened like, to work out in a lucky or good way, you're like, oh god, how am I gonna friggin' do that again? Like, oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But generally, mm-hmm. even with that, I would still keep playing. So I would say, the compelling factor was there when I was playing the game. The big issue was when I was not playing the game. When I put the game down... You didn't want to pick it up yeah. again. You did not want to pick yeah. it up again. And it's not even because I didn't enjoy it. Like, I I always enjoyed it whenever I was playing it. But whenever I put it down, I was just like, I don't want to play Tactics right now. Like, that's 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 too much. It's an endeavor to play this game. It's... It, so, I think, again, I think this is... This was... I, I've been talking about it for like a year and a half now. This was like the danger of the Tactics recommendation, I think. Because it's it's like... It's a... It's not even a different genre of game. It's a different genre of activity, yeah. almost because like the because it's a it's a it's a huge strategy thing. Like it's so different from you know. There's common aspects from an FPS to a platformer, you know, that you can kind of like agree that are there. But this game, because there's you know, especially because it's turn based, it, it is a lot slower and more like what nothing hurts more in Final Fantasy Tactics than a random encounter that you did not want to do. Yeah. Like if you were trying to like get to a major area and then you have to just fight these and six then losing to that random suck. encounter. And then, and then it was either chapter two sucks, or three yeah. or something. I got wrecked by some fucking chocobos. Literally, just a bunch <laughs> of chocobos wrecked me, and I was like, "What the hell?" <laughs> That's so funny. Um, so, like, I, I so honestly, I actually didn't give a rating for it because I feel like this is honestly like a homework based question than necessarily for me um because i've already completed it so like it's and like that's true, that's so true. i i think it's a little bit more for you like i but to answer the question anyways i honestly think there's a pretty low compelling factor i think that's an inherent flaw of tactics based okay. games though because you can kind of like what's nice about it is that you could easily if you enjoy those games you can literally almost chunk every fight into a different game of its own it's just that's you're true. just playing a round of a strategy game and so it that's what's cool about to, it. if you love to, that uh, stuff break it up some like people Exactly. Some people grind that shit. Some people live through that shit for hours. You know what I mean? They like playing. They like they like playing Risk Global Domination with their friends when they were younger, yeah. thirty times in a row. Well, I could never do that personally. I love Risk, but I could play it once and then I'm good. That was my game of Risk, <laughs> and that's like kind of how Tactics is. Yeah. Um, just not nearly. So as I long. would. I'll, I'll give that like a six and a half. Okay. I I'm gonna I'm gonna get, I'm actually gonna give it a five. Moving on to the last one that we are rating. That's going to be replayability. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't Say, I don't okay. see myself playing this game anytime soon again. I well I so inherently that's what's interesting is that in because of the jobs and because of the job the the classes and the abilities, this game is inherently so replayable. Every playthrough of this game for every person is going to be so different. Even with just Ramza alone, you can be like, I'm going to make him a dragoon. I'm going to make him a samurai. I'm going to make him a ninja. I'm going to make him a, yeah, a, exactly. a monk the whole time. And then add on top of that, that you have three to four other units every single match that you can, you can be like, I'm just going to go full team of black mages and just wreck them. I'm going to get an arithmetic <laughs> this time. I'm going to, I'm going to get like a, you know, there's so many classes that you can customize your party so much that in that way it is inherently almost endlessly replayable but like i said it's a it for me at least it's an ordeal to play this game 
Especially yes, if you're not, I, especially if you're rusty. I feel like it's, it's an ordeal to go back in and be like, okay, so how do I get this class? And like, all right, what were the, what were the good skills I want to use? The, what I, the, the best thing that I got out of this game, even though I liked the tactical style of gameplay was the story. And I feel like that's the part you can't replay, yeah. which stinks. I can't re-experience yeah, it's the same, that because like, it's the same story, you know. Yeah, so I, I, I honestly, I'm in 100% agreement. So I give the replayability nine out of ten because of you know, pretty much agreeing to the concept of yeah. there. There's plenty of different builds. There's different expeditions. You know, there's on like what what's really cool uh, is that there is a lot of secret depth and Easter eggs to the game. Yep. So, for example, you can get Cloud as a main character. You can actually unlock Cloud from Final Fantasy VII. You can be Aerith in the game. Aerith's actually in the game as well. Um, as a whole secret thing, there's two secret job classes that they don't even talk about that they added into World yeah. Alliance that nobody... that like um, Onion that Knight. Is, it's very hard to unlock. Onion Knight and Dark Knight. Um, that, like... So there's a lot of extra things you can do. Like, you could, like, a really fun one, if you guys end up getting the game, try doing solo Ramza arithmetic. It's the speedrun build. You actually... People literally only pick Ramza and they make them in arithmetic, and then they shit on everybody. It's really, really, really funny. It's really funny. Um, okay. So there really is a lot of replay value. Again, it's all under the caveat, if you enjoy tactics games, it, there's a lot of replay value. Yeah. I encourage and implore anyone to play this game for the story, like I made Corey do, because I think the story is honestly worth getting through at once. Definitely. But once the story's done, I 100% get how it is not like again like well, you're more playing for the enjoyment of a battle game than necessarily the story so. I, th I think it was still charming enough i replayability i think i'm gonna give it a seven like but, i it's i can't deny it's inherently replayable it's not something that i could see myself being like man i really want to start a playthrough of final fantasy tactics right now but mm -hmm. that being said i still like it it makes sense and i'm not saying that i won't in the future like i might just not anytime soon. Makes sense to me. All right, so let's wrap it up. Uh, playthrough experience. This was my homework game, and I feel like, as a word of caution to anyone out there who wants to play this game, don't play it like I did. To be honest, I feel like the way that I played this game hindered the how much I enjoyed it, and I don't want to like I want to tell you directly ryan like this i had a lot of fun with this game and i'm very glad that you recommended this game to me like i'm going out of this game with positive feelings i'm going like i'm going to look mm -hmm. back and be like final fantasy tactics that was a cool game i liked playing that i'm glad that that was my homework game but i love to procrastinate and i know you do too <laughs> and i think just oh, the yeah. fact that it's called a homework game it makes us be like oh, i don't want to do my homework uh so so many I told, times I, I'm right there. I'm I'm all for the procrastination. I'm multiple very times. Ryan and I would go to record an episode and just be like, "All right, so what do you got for homework game?" Oh, I actually didn't play. <laughs> and well, and I think the, yep. the way this game is built, I think it's best experienced if you play it semi regularly for like a a certain period of time until you finish the game. The way I played it. We started this podcast in November of 2019. I finished this game. Oof. When did I finish it? I don't, I don't remember when I finished it. 
Uh, I think like around the same time. I think November of 2020. Yeah. So it took me like a fucking year to finish this game. If you play this game, don't mm-hmm. play it over a year, please. Because that just... Yeah, play it just Like I said, like with the tactical... With that style of game, like once you get the hang of it, you want to hold on to it. You don't want to be like, all right, let me not play for a month and a half. So that next time I play, I have to re-familiarize <laughs> myself with literally how to play it. And it's the same thing mm-hmm. with the story, too, because it's such a complex story. Like, you can't watch season one and two of Game of Thrones and then pick it back up a few months later. Like, you're not going to know what the hell's happening. Yeah, you're not going to you're not going to remember everything. There's perfectly. too many names, I, I, too I many, agree. too many moving parts. So I had a great experience playing this game as my homework game. I think the way that I played it, I think bad on me, my B. If you're going to play it, which I, I, the thing is, I highly recommend this game with an asterisk. If you are either a big fan of high fantasy and or final fantasy, play this game. If you're a fan of tactical RPGs or have experience with them, a moderate level, play this game. If you're completely unfamiliar with both, don't play this game as your first Final Fantasy or your first tactical game. Okay, yeah. I, so, funny enough, uh, if you, again, I've said it a bunch of times, I literally said I feel so weird recommending this game to you because I, I feel like it's very hit or miss. This is exactly how I thought your opinion of the game would go. Yeah. Like, I thought you would like it, but I, again, like, I wasn't expecting you to all of a sudden be like, I'm going to play every strategy game ever made yeah. now because I, you have now unlocked this whole demon of yeah. strategy well, within I, me. So that's the thing is but, that I love that. I love strategic stuff, but I just, there's something about, there's something about it. I don't know. I can't, I can't I, put it into I, words. You, you're like, I, I can't put it into words either, but I understand what you're talking about. Um, like, I love the concept, yeah, and I, I, I love it in practice, but I'm not sure I love it in... In execution. Yeah, just, I don't, I'm not sure I love doing mm-hmm. it over and over and over, one after another, in video game form. Well, I don't know, because, like, I liked it. It was a good video game. Mm-hmm. But it's there's mm-hmm. something about it that's just so demoralizing if you're not getting it right, that it's like... Mm-hmm. I don't know. And me personally, I'm, I feel like I've played too many video games where my ego is too, my ego is too high. I would feel too much shame if I was like hugging a walkthrough the whole way through. I like, I need mm-hmm. to, ch- I feel like, oh, I need to challenge myself. I, people were figuring shit like this out like in the 80s and 90s. I need to be able to figure it out. I'm a gamer. <laughs> <laughs> I have too much pride. I'm a real gamer, guys. I'm a real gamer. But yeah, um, I would say, letter grade, this is a B-tier game. Definite recommend with an asterisk. I like it. Okay. I, I Again, like, uh, you know, uh, don't don't worry. The next game I give you is going to be more normal gaming. <laughs> All right. I okay. promise. I promise. It'll be more normal gaming. Uh, I hope you will enjoy it. and we'll, That'll be in yeah. for the future. Um, so from the nostalgic point of view, again, uh, I personally recommend the game kind of honestly on the same asterisk level you know again like this is one of my favorite stories in a video game honestly probably still to this day i really 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 enjoy the story i always loved like i'm a huge fantasy nerd especially as of recently i've like i'm not even kidding i have literally now listened to i want to say like 27 
fantasy books on 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 Audible right now, like in the past year, and I'm not even kidding. They're all like sixty hours long. Like I'm not even kidding. Like sex, like sixty five percent of my waking day is my earbuds and listening to fantasy books. So like I like I so like I like I love the world of Final Fantasy tactics. Like personally, it's a deep seated love of fantasy. So if you like fantasy stuff, if you like like again, Lord of the Rings or Game of Thrones, or I'll just like quickly flex my things. If you like Wheel of Time or the Mistborn or the Cosmere stuff, like any of that, like if you enjoy that that type of plot, like if there's not as much like magical artifacts other than the Orosite, but there's enough that I just re- I really recommend the story. I recommend the story more than the gameplay almost. But if you like tactics games, then I recommend the gameplay because from a tactics perspective, there's a lot of intricacies with all of the different jobs, you know making all these different cool classes trying to optimize how much damage you can do yeah. and how much hp you can make a character have and stuff like that you know again if you're into that stuff you'll enjoy it but if anything if that's like a neutral for you i recommend it for the story more than anything that's what i recommend it i recommend it for yeah. the story and i definitely recommend that you play war of the lions because i recommend the cutscenes for sure now that i know what those cutscenes are even more. i was so personally i'm gonna give it a i'm gonna give it a a B, I'm still gonna give it okay. a B tier. I think so we're on the same page. Good. That's cool. Uh, I think I think I think a B tier game. I think it makes sense because I think A and S tier is like something that I really would like urge everyone, regardless of where you come from, to try the mm-hmm. game out. Um, so yeah, I would definitely give it a B tier. Hell yeah. next homework game which is my homework game uh which is hollow knight hell yeah okay so uh to give some more information about hollow knight um it's a 2d metroidvania action adventure game developed and published by team cherry uh released originally for microsoft windows february 24th of 2017 um the game's really cool because it features multiple free dlc updates uh, uh such as the hidden dreams the grim troop lifeblood gods and glory um and it was released over the span of one and a half years uh after release with plenty of updated visuals there's new boss music charms areas etc um what's really cool about it is so it was originated uh as a game jam game by ari gibson and will pellin uh that sucked called hungry night and the devs, the devs decided to go off of this and create another game jam with a beneath the surface theme but missed the deadline uh this concept evolved into the underground kingdom set a uh, setting that blossomed into hollow knight um it was revealed on kickstarter in 2014 with a goal of 35,000, but but reaching more than 57,000 from 2,100 backers, many of whom ended up as characters in the game. Uh, it, was, it was literally developed by three people, plus one guy that made the music, uh, Christopher Larkin. Yeah. So that's it's like crazy how tiny of a game it is, but how big the community is, and yeah. how awesome the game is in general. It's actually crazy. This was literally like, was developed by just an indie crew. It's, it's, it's nuts that this, this, this was like their first big popular game, and it's gotten so big that the sequel literally got its own feature presentation at Nintendo E3 for Treehouse Live. Yeah, that's like, a, that is really insane. Of, that's like that's the that's Oscars. Nuts. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's like that's crazy. 
Yeah, it really is. To get, like, that much respect from, like, an indie game company. Like, just to mm-hmm. be a couple friends making a game like that. So, uh, to go back into the first category, like we do with uh, Final Fantasy Tactics, we have a bunch of different categories that we're going to break down for Hollow Knight to talk to you guys about. Um, so, uh, to start is going to be the gameplay, um, which personally uh, is amazing on Hollow Knight already. Uh, I give it a 9 out of 10. Um I would say it's fun in all parts of the game, which is nice. So even in the beginning when you don't have as many moves unlocked, because what's super cool about the game is that the movement is very progressive. As you get more items or beat more bosses, you gain a lot more movement-based abilities or attacks, which is super-duper cool. Um, and I, the, you know, the combat feels very, very smooth and genuine, which I really, really like. The only thing personally I would say that I played it a bunch that I wish there was was maybe more melee-esque stuff, because it's realistically only one note hits. But regardless, like, that's not, like, that's the tiniest detail. That's be, just be, like, the what would I perfect it with, quote-unquote. You know, mm-hmm. it doesn't even feel like it's, it doesn't feel like there's not enough movement or combat. But ideally, thinking about it now, you know, I, it'd be cool if there was more there. But regardless, is that's probably, this is probably the most fun 2D combat I've had, aside from Smash. Like, that's, like, literally how yeah. fun it is to move around and bounce around and traverse in that game. Movement's awesome in that game. Yeah, especially once you get all the upgrades and stuff, it's just so much. Yes. And and like the the way that the charms interact with it too, like oh, different yeah, things definitely. that you can do with the charms, like extending the reach of your nail and you know little things like that. It just it's so much fun to move around in from a platforming perspective. But all like that's that's crazy that that to me they could nail platforming and combat so well in the same game and still have it feel like one cohesive game yeah not feel like you're playing you know two different versions of one thing it, it all melds together really well yeah it, it like and it doesn't feel like they ripped it off of anything else but it still feels real to metro like it literally feels like they somehow knew that this would be their niche thing they could insert into the metroidvania like type of game like yeah. now any game that even comes close to this is going to be hollow knight-esque you know what I mean? Like they've literally yeah. they're like they're they are the starters of it, which is so cool. It re- like and it's already kind of spawned a lot. Of, like I think a lot of games, like I think a lot of like games are kind of like that now. Like mm-hmm. for like platformers, like there's like the movement is now a lot more key. It feels like it's um, so like crisp and quick. Yeah, it, it, it is. Feels oh, so it's, good. It it really does feel so good. That's a super important thing for me personally. Yeah. As like a big gamer, is like I hate. I hate clunky feeling movement. Like I want, yeah. I want to be able to schmoove, man. It's you like pressing buttons. I love pressing buttons in this game. Yeah, this game, yeah. there's actually a decent amount of button presses for a, for a single player game. So I actually yeah. appreciate that. A lot of like some frame tight stuff, which is really, which is very interesting. Oh yeah, especially for um, the platforming. Yeah, definitely. So I like I said, I personally give it a nine out of ten. I don't know about you. Okay, I'm gonna go. I'll go nine and a half out of ten. There's nine something that's pulling me. Something that's pulling me from give it a, giving it a perfect 10. I'm not really sure what it is, but... Like, so, like, personally, it'd be cool if there was, like, maybe more, like, actual combos. Because, like, if you just press square repeatedly on the okay, ground, yeah, yeah, yeah. he just does a 1, 2, 1, 2, 1, yeah. 2. So it'd be cool if there was, like, a little bit more flourish or something. If like, something have, that maybe does more damage. Yeah, if you have an opportunity where you can strike an enemy a bunch of times, it's still just... Whack, 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 yeah, whack, 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 Exactly, yeah. exactly. 
But okay, yeah. So yeah, nine and a half out of ten. That's that's yeah. super good. I've, I've been I've been I've been kind of whole rated. I guess I have a couple a couple half ratings. But um, mm. all right. So now we have uh talking about the story, which is another really cool, uh, super interesting aspect of Hollow Knight. Um, it's something that really that I like I've been equating to this story as well is that it's very another thing that's been popular um in like the recent gaming world or i'll still say recent it's honestly kind of old now but like the dark souls demon souls way of telling lore in a game is really really intriguing for a player and for like the community because you have to piece together all of the lore through just character text item text like you know you have to kind of infer things based on like the background and the pictures and like the things that the the designers leave for you as the viewer to kind of uncover and unravel in the game which is also actually a pretty big metroidvania thing like i know in like the original original metroid like when you first see like some bounty hunter like bodies like on the ground in the background and stuff yeah exactly like like that's like really cool that you get that is that's definitely a staple of metroidvanias but even it's like I'm sure this has been done in other Metroidvanias before this, but, like, it's kind of the natural evolution of that, where, like, before in Metroid games specifically, there was a lot of environmental storytelling, but that was pretty much it, other than mm. the explicit cutscenes that you get, like, in the beginning or, like, at the end of the game or something like that. And this is yeah. kind of the natural evolution where it's, like, depending on how much time and effort you want to put in into talking to NPCs filling out the hunter's journal getting collectibles getting like king's idols and and selling them to that historian guy yeah that that was really bits of lore like as much you get out what you put into it i think that's really cool which is i think i agree i think that's super cool as well and it like it really does like it's it's cool because like kind of like what you said like once you get invested into the game it's really really neat and rewarding to like hear a huge descript version of the game like yeah. that like that moss bag video like i i i it's it's Hell really yeah. really cool really yeah, really so, cool yeah anyone quick quick shout out uh there's a there's someone on youtube called moss bag and he does a lot of like really well thought out and honestly wicked funny uh yeah, like, really funny meme edits yeah and, like yeah. it's actually so but funny he does a bunch of um hollow knight analysis and uh review videos and stuff about the lore and stuff like that so if anyone is interested in that go check him out on youtube that's moss bag m-o-s-s-b-a-g yes please check him out on youtube definitely always support always support yeah um but yeah let's hear that synopsis yeah let's hear that synopsis now you're right so yeah to give you guys kind of like again this is and this is kind of the briefest of rundowns to the game itself you know how the game kind of flows in terms of the story and everything so at the outset of the game a nameless knight arrives at the ruins of hallow nest and makes camp in the small town of dirtmouth just above its entrance uh, as the knight ventures through the ruins they discover that hallow nest was once a flourishing kingdom which fell to ruin after becoming overrun with the infection which drove its citizens to madness and undeath the last ruler of Halloness, the Pale King, attempted to seal away the infection. However, it became increasingly clear that the seal is failing. The knight is determined to find and kill the three dreamers who act as living locks to the seal. Uh, this quest brings the knight to conflict with Hornet, a female warrior who acts as the protector of Halloness and kind of te- and who tests the knight's resolve in several battles. Uh, oh, also, everyone's a bug. <laughs> I added that. <laughs> it's all bugs. Also, everyone's a bug. Also, a quick note: spoilers, obviously. 
We're going to spoil the whole game. If you don't want to hear spoilers, oh, yes, skip ahead most definitely. 10 minutes. Yeah, skip ahead about 10 minutes. Yeah, this is going to yeah. literally ruin everything. Yeah. Um, so please skip ahead if you don't want to hear. But if you're listening to this, you probably should be have hopefully been invested in this game and yeah. out with us. Um, so through dialogue with certain characters as well as cutscenes, the knight receives insight into the origin of the infection and itself in ancient times. Uh, the bugs of Hallinus worshipped a higher being called the Radiance, uh, a primordial godlike moth whose mere presence would sway the denizens of the Hallinus into mindless obedience. Uh, one day, another higher being called the Worm arrived at Hallinest and transformed into the Pale King so that it could establish a grand kingdom. Uh, the Pale King expanded the minds in the, of the bugs of Hallinest, granting them intelligence and self-awareness, which is how we can now talk to them and there's kind of, you know, emotions out of these, out of these characters. Uh, and, um, you know, granted intelligence, self-awareness, and then eliminated the Radiance by destroying all memory of it. So with no worship, the Radiance faded away. And this lasted until an, until an ancient statue of the Radiance was accidentally seen at the edge of the Hallowness crown by a random bug, which ended up reviving her memory of her and became enraged. The Radiance began invading the dreams of the Hallowness citizens and driving them into madness, which is the affliction known as the infection, which is where everything starts to get messed up and corrupted in the world of, of, of Hallowness. Um, so in an attempt to contain the spreading infection, the Pale King used the power of the Void, um, a type of living darkness, to create the vessels, living yet empty beings that would hypothetically lack a will which could be corrupted by the infection. So you need to be able to not have any, yeah, really any will, be able to just mindlessly carry out the task of stopping this infection. And after many attempts, he created a suitable vessel, which was the Hollow Knight, not you, but the Hollow Knight, which is the boss of the game, um, and used it to contain the infection. He then sealed the Hollow Knight within the Black Egg Temple with the aid of the Three Dreamers. Uh, yet the Pale King, yet because the Pale King had bonded with the Hollow Knight as a parent and child, respectively, the Hollow Knight developed a wish that was used by the Radiance as a foothold for corruption, compromising the seal. Um, so what's really neat about this is so as the story progresses, the Knight discovers that they are a failed vessel, one of the hundreds who has failed to be chosen as the Hollow Knight, but yet had the strength to escape the abyss from where all voids originate. The game now has multiple endings. So the knight can defeat the Hollow Knight and takes and takes its place, sealing infection inside itself. Um, if the knight learns about its own origins as a failed vessel, roughly similar to the first ending, except uh, oh, th what will happen is roughly similar to the first ending, except Hornet arrives to help during the final battle and is sealed away with the knight, becoming the dreamer that locks the door. Um, and then lastly, if the knight learns about its own origins and you also have the awakened dream nail, which is a special item in the game, um, you can enter the Hollow Knight's dreams when Hornet arrives to help and you can challenge the actual last living memory of the Radiance and kill that um, to, completely, to completely destroy it. So the battle ends when the knight commands the complete power of the Void and the remaining vessels to consume the Radiance utterly and thus end the threat of the infection, though the knight mysteriously disappears from the chamber thereafter. Which is badass. He doesn't nice. even look at his own explosion. He just disappears. Nice. He, just, he, just he full Final Fantasy tends it. He just goes Final straight. Fantasy tends it. I remember you said when you were like, you were wondering what was going to happen or whatever. I, I think it was during your last stream of it, and you said something about like, is it? Are they going to do like a Final Fantasy ten here? Yeah, literally. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He literally just. Oh man, oh, I don't think I'll, my little. I don't think my thirteen year old heart will ever get over that. Yeah. How? Anyways, but I. Oh man. So you know what? What's so cool about even just reading that is how 
in depth that little synopsis of the game is yeah. by itself like the actual yep. lore and i love the concept of the the radiance like i love the idea of like just the last spark of her memory is enough to kind of corrupt and caused this chain reaction yeah so you I, know, was, it, I was gonna ask so actually cool. during during your gameplay did you actually find that statue yeah the, the one is yeah, at the very the very top yeah the top corner the super yeah. top yeah i know exactly yeah I, yep um at I, first when i saw it i was like i didn't i, didn't I had even, no idea exactly yeah i was like what um, the heck is that it looks like a rocket uh, ship <laughs> Uh, yeah, I exactly. So I never, I never equated that to be a moth. Like especially like mm-hmm. th- once seeing the radiance, now it makes so much freaking yeah, exactly. sense seeing it. Um, you know, especially because like it's like I think it's so cool that the like the moths, like the moths are like these like the, like the dream people. Like I like how the seer yeah. that helps That's you a- being a moth is so cool. That, like their power revolves around dreaming. I think is exactly. such a neat neat idea. The yeah. seer is like the only living moth that you meet throughout the game, and she is actually the one that gives you the dream nail. So like, yeah, it makes sense. And she's yeah, the exactly. one that she's the one that rescued. Like, when you first see the dreamers, and you basically get like sucked into the dream world. Mm-hmm. Like once you come out of it, you're with the seer. So it makes yeah, sense yeah, that yeah, the yeah. seer takes you out of it, and then the seer explains stuff to you. And gives you the dream nail. But, you know, just in the story general, like, hands down is definitely one of one of the coolest stories, I would say, for a game. You know, and I think they, they executed it so well in that, like, Dark Soulsian fashion that I like mm-hmm. a lot because you – I really like the, the mystery behind – the deeper you go, the more you discover until you finally discover like yeah. where the pale king kind of is. And then you finally discover like the abyss where you like that the worm's all starts. Carcass. Yep, the worm's carcass, yep. Um and like also oh, it's it's so neat that like you don't really know what you're doing at the beginning. You're just like, oh, I'm just gonna fight a boss here, I'm gonna fight a boss there, I'm just gonna do this. And then like you end up like seeing more and more and more. And it's really cool that like there's like this natural flow to the game where once you get deep yeah. enough, then all of a sudden you have to start just branching outwards, or oh, maybe yeah. you did branch outwards a little bit, but it's like it's really it's cool how they make the same space so massive within itself. It's so it's like it's like a perfect maze, which is really interesting because usually yeah. you'd think it would piss you off, but it really doesn't that much. I've like, I've been watching a lot of um, I don't know if you ever seen the channel is called Game Maker's Toolkit, but it's like the series is Boss Keys. You ever seen those no, on YouTube? I don't think so. No. So the with the season, I think it's the second season. Basically, what he's doing, Mark Brown, is he's analyzing the worlds of metroidvanias and the ways in which they unlock and stuff mm-hmm. and hollow knight is so fascinating because it's like you have so much freedom in that game but what you don't realize is that the way it starts out is that it basically funnels you towards the city of tears and yeah. once you get towards the city of tears and once you get the dream nail particularly you can go to like 75 percent of the overworld just like that right then and there and the coolest wow. thing about it is that some other I you know ever since I played Hollow Knight, Hollow Knight was my first Metroidvania. Um, the I've I've been fascinated by that style of gameplay where like you unlock bits and pieces of the world mm-hmm. depending on the different um, abilities you have. Most of the other ones I've played have kind of been very similar, but more in a way of like this whole section of the overworld over here you can't get until you get this one particular item then you can go through this one entrance and do that whole area Mm. hollow knight is unique because every single area in hollow knight 
with the exception of maybe one or two, is connected to at least two other areas. So it's not like there's that only one crazy. entrance. Like yeah. City of Tears is connected to six other areas. Isn't yeah, that crazy? That is, that is really crazy. Yeah. And like also it's like like I said, you know, how well they use space within that game. Like every segment of the map that you go mm-hmm. through, there's like there are there are secrets like there's secrets or there's unlocked paths that you end up coming back to that and it's a different mm-hmm. thing you have to do so like you know there's there's so many like weakened walls that you can like maybe get some extra geo from yeah. or like a grub or something that like there's just so many so many cool secrets and like little things or maybe there's a little nugget of lore in one area like like anything it's yeah that's really, the big really... thing is that the the world itself tells the story too to get yeah, back to the category that we're talking about. <laughs> yeah, to get to get back to the category. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I forgot we were talking uh, about story. So, so what would you give this for a rating? Uh, honestly, I th- ten out of ten. I think story wise, like it's nice. l- like purely for story. You know, like maybe if I counted like like if this this game would be annoying if this was the 1990s and I had to buy a fucking thirty dollar game book to know the whole story. Yeah. I'd be a little bummed. Okay. But that being said, and the internet is free thanks to Mossbag. Totally appreciate. <laughs> uh, but we're like we're like actually just like literally as a story itself. This would be this would be like a cool fantasy book story to like understand. You know what I mean? If they're like they if like like if you gave more voice or thought to like the characters, obviously, like mm-hmm. it, you know, obviously, like, you know, like obviously can't really like talk about a game that way but um but yeah like a story alone i would say 10 out of 10 i like to be honest i would give it a perfect 10 out of 10 i don't know what else i would like i don't know what else i would change to give it to make it feel more hollow nighty than it is if that makes sense like there's like like i don't think anything that it is too cliche or like you know like yeah i don't like it honestly yeah like i don't think any like i mean like some of the i think some of the concepts have definitely been touched on in story like everything has nowadays so you can't really like say that about something but like yeah. regardless it it feels so unique and original like to itself like it already feels like okay. now it's going to be like the start of another like again like i think things are going to come from it like it's not coming from something it's mm-hmm. things are going to come from it so i think it's really cool yeah uh, so yeah, I, I think I, you just convinced me to give it a 10 i was going to give it a 9 and i have specific things that like you know i i when i was playing We'll talk about it more, I think, when we get to maybe, like, pacing or something. Yeah. But this game is pretty vague. I think yeah, well, I think that's... it's And that that is that, it, like you were saying, that's that Dark Souls style where it's kind of like you need to discover it on your own. Yeah. But I'm I, the reason I'm conflicted is because I'm, I'm kind of conflating story and plot. Because yeah. in the beginning of the game... You don't really have any of that story to latch onto. So you kind of need to just push yourself to keep going until you can start getting these juicy morsels of lore. And then once you have the full course, like I was telling you that when I, when I was playing this game at first, I was kind of like, okay, this is cool, but I don't really know where this is going. And then once I got maybe like 10 hours in, I was like hooked. And then once I got maybe like 15 hours in, I was like also simultaneously looking up little juicy bits of lore mm-hmm. on like the wiki pages and like finding little things and paying so much more attention that by the time I got to the end of it I was like it was I had the full three course meal in front of me and I was like this mm-hmm. is this is a delicious story this is fantastic great food analogies going on with that <laughs> um 
But yeah, so like I guess personally the reason why I'm like I give it a ten is because, you know, again, I'm kind of just looking at the story as all the evidence is presented before me yeah. as a complete story. You know, like just like this is like the finished English essay Look, and yes. I'm now grading it. Looking at it. it as a full story, and that's why yeah. I think you convinced me to give it a ten. Yeah, thank but you. Also, yeah, I, going, going. I agree. I think we'll talk about pacing because I'm definitely like I'm perfectly there with you. I totally mm. agree with what you're talking about. Yeah. Um But yeah, um, to to go, yeah. Last things I want to say about the story is that aside from, you know, because a lot of games or just movies or just media in general can have a fascinating sequence of events where as it's happening, you're like, oh, that's sick. Like we talked about Game of Thrones and we talked about Final Fantasy Tactics, how it's like there's Mm -hmm. big power moves. And once Mm -hmm. stuff like that happens, you're like, whoa, that's nuts. That doesn't this game is not like that. This game is more just like the overall the vibes that you get from it and the overarching story and the consequences and the way that it reflects on the world it's just so fascinating and i think like i said with final fantasy tactics it's not just the events that are cool there's some really cool themes at play in this Mm. game it's because like think about it think of like any media ever it's always like the the darkness represents evil and light represents the good the savior this completely flips that on this on its head because you are void you are pure darkness and the radiance is pure light not only is that like a a perfect role reversal where it's like the light is evil and the darkness is supposed to supposedly like you know, this is a dying kingdom. So basically what you're doing by defeating the Radiance is you're letting this dying kingdom rest in peace. You're letting yeah. it return to the darkness where it belongs because it's dead. But also at the same time, on a basic level, they're bugs. So it makes yeah. sense that they would be drawn to light. And I, yeah, just, I, I just think I, that's so it, cool. I, I agree. I think it's what I and I really like the like the bugs being drawn to light and being like like you know again like bugs doing that are mindlessly do that so yeah. i really like you know like again like i totally agree like the 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 level one theme perfectly goes into the level five theme yes of like exactly. of the game like exactly. which i think which i totally agree. i think it's super, i think that's super super neat and that's um, another that's another theme of it is just like sentience and the concept of like because you you're the dream nail gives you the ability to like basically read people's minds and it's mm-hmm. so interesting reading the mind because you can i don't know if you did this but like at a certain point when i realized that you could do this to basically oh, any creature I, I i totally just started trying like the fuck out of yeah. people and figuring you, out like what they were thinking yeah you can do it to the most basic of enemies you can do it to the white lady you can do it to corpses mm-hmm. you can do it to basically everything, everything. Yeah. and just just the way that you hear them think like about you and about the world and the way that some of them are thinking in like riddles and stuff it's just it's so so cool, cool. yeah it takes such a unique mind a unique three people only to come up with that exactly it's crazy exactly. it's crazy because like I, I remember like that giant bug in the queen's um station that like she like if you read her mind she's like oh I, I, something 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 of like oh you look delicious i really kind of want to eat you right now like <laughs> yeah. i like just like it's like so i'm like what the heck i was like ready for her to like actually every single time i talked to her i was like i think you're gonna try to eat me i am ready for you to fight me and then obviously that just never happened but like it's just like uh-huh. little things like that so cool um 
All right, so tens, yeah. tens across the board. Yeah, tens across the board from wow. the story. So going, uh, so so the next category is going to be visual style, uh, which is like so again another thing I care about definitely is like the I love how a game looks like I I want it to feel complete and like personally I actually love like I think you probably agree too just because of the games I know that you like but I actually love things with hard line work than like realistic games like i always like a stylized art style game over like i need the most hd rendered grass to blow in the most natural human weather patterns possible or i'm not gonna play the game (laughs) i think that's us playing japanese games in our childhood and like wind yes Agreed. Yeah, honestly, it's, it is. It is. It's actually one hundred percent Wind Waker yeah. specifically. I think of the Wind Waker line art on a bomb smoke or the waves. Yeah, and that's literally yep. crack to me. Like that's how I would go. Yeah. In the, I would literally just slowly walk into a white van, or honestly, into an uncovered manhole on a street. If somebody <laughs> just had like a picture of a Toon Link, Toon Link bomb, and if I just, it, I would if just it look was cel shaded, then it's just oh, oh my god, oh, oh. Yep. But yeah, so the visual style, oh my god, is amazing. I love the eyes. The eyes in the game is what draws me they're in just, they're just so blank. much. Just Dude, I, but listen, this might just be my, my, my Lucas bias of them having the fall guy jelly bead eyes. Yeah. But like, <laughs> I, I like, I just, I don't Black know. Really, it's, it's like, yeah, it's so simple, but it fits the character and it gives this like, look like i look like the different eye shapes and it honestly it goes along with the shape of their heads and how they design everything there's like mm-hmm. such like like poised or scary or like strong looks all based on just the head shape and eye shape alone which is like it just it, everything mixes so well like it like i don't know i i actually honestly couldn't stop talking about how cool just the characters yeah. look and then also visual style wise i love the layered 3d picture book effect that the game has like they play really yeah yeah. uh, yeah, whatever where the where the back where the background image scrolls at a different pace from yeah the Mm -hmm. foreground so yes exactly yeah depth yeah it's so yeah i was gonna call it the chowder effect but yeah (laughs) sure um that's what i was thinking uh kind of like that but yeah no honestly exactly like that yeah like the parallax is that what you said yeah parallax yep definitely uh is it, yeah. rather moist that yeah. helps make the world seem so much cooler too and it, it really just to, does just to clarify like that it this does have it's 2d but it does have those hard lines and what's so cool about this it this is totally hand drawn i don't know if you knew really that. Yeah. i did not know that yeah what yeah oh, i'm sure it's wild i'm sure they digitize it but it's oh yeah is, but it's a hand drawn art style that's like they really drew all wow that's that's huge props holy yeah. shit which yeah. is absolutely nuts because it's it's totally it's like cartoony but it's perfectly it's a perfect balance of like adult and visually pleasing and there's so much detail but at the same time like you said the designs and like the character designs are so simple like how like yeah, we talked really about this are. when we were ranking famous protagonists the design of the knight it's so it just feels so iconic because it's yeah, so it simple. Really it's just like almost like the stag beetle head with like the mm-hmm. white head and like the husk and you got like your dark body and your little cloak and that's it. Yeah, but, it but, the, so good. but the cloak though, the cloak, <laughs> yeah. it's not even a cape, it's a cloak. That's yeah. why it's so fucking cool. Yeah. Listen, you, you throw a slap a cloak on my boy on anyone and I'm like gonna, I'm gonna represent you. That's what I love about that too though is that, you know, the design of the knight is fantastic in its own right but that same amount of care 
and mix of detail and simplicity is in every single character design in this For game. real. Every, there is not one design of any enemy, NPC, or a character where I look at it and I think, that's lazy. That's dumb. Yeah, it, it doesn't belong. Yeah, like, no. I, it's crazy because it, they, it perfectly matches and makes them look. It makes the... It makes the human bugs look so human and so bug at the same yeah. time. Like I yep. don't understand. Like if you if you look at it just for the like if you look at it with the filter of your eyes of like these are bugs, it makes sense. But if you look yeah. at the filter of like these are characters with human emotions that you're connecting to, you can like see it coming out of them. It's it's like they they did it they did it so well. So let's and, like, take the flip side just for a compare. Let's take the flip side of it. Let's take a comparison. Let's look at the movie Ants. Those bugs look like oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> those, those, compared to oh Hollow Knight, those bugs look like oh disgusting God. bugs, but they also look way too humanoid, and it's just horrible yeah. for both. Or even they, like they a bug's all, life. Like a bug's they, life, they look like silly characters, but they also look stupid compared they, to this. They, yeah, I totally agree. They all, especially in ants, they all look like fucking mannequins, and that's why I yeah. hate them. They all look disgusting and even hollow knight is going for a mannequin theme when you think about the void vessel they're literally yeah. going for like a mannequin theme almost and i like that but definitely not an ants ants is no. disgusting the, and yeah. you know the designs of all the enemies all the bosses like the effect and you know the way that we're describing it you'd think that it's it, it you know it's hand drawn it's 2d there's thick lines you'd think this it's like overly simple cartoon but they have so many cool effects and stuff oh like my with, God. with the way that like darkness fades in or like with the infection like the little like the motion blur stuff that it leaves behind and the way that the orange like radiates throughout the screen it's like there's just yeah, so they, much cool stuff going on there it, it's like it's cool like it, you can like see almost like the humidity of areas when it's like very yes like, gas, exactly. like gas coming out of like the pools of like toxic and like everything like they like it's re- like again like it's like from the filter of like a bug that has some sentience in it to be honest like some things almost don't feel like as detailed as they could be but it's almost just like you're like you're still not big enough brain is able to take in all of the information like you know like you yeah. focus in on more things as you get like it's it's so cool so so what really what's is. your what what score would you give it so like i i don't i, I might just be like hopping on the train too hard but like i kind of want to just give it a 10 again like i think honestly the visual the visual style is is so good so I, like I wanna, so like what, what, what would i change that's what i'm trying to think. well that's I what think. i want to i want to hit you with a question here because i'm hovering between I, i'm hovering between the nine and ten range as well and there's again mm-hmm. just like with the story there's something holding me back that i you might be able to sway me on but i'm also not sure mm-hmm. it's it looks i think everything in the game looks gorgeous and perfect in the way that it should be but personal preference i love very colorful games and this game Uh it does a fantastic job and that's actually something that contributes to the world design is that every single area not only on the map but also in the area it has its own unique color crystal peak is Mm -hmm. like pink the abyss is black uh the crossroads are like a bluish gray and then they eventually get orange once it's infected but yeah, like even Queen's that, that being nice said, it's still not, there's not a lot of vibrant color throughout the game. And that's actually something that they had to address in one of the first updates to the game, 
is that when the first version came out on like Windows, uh, with with one of the first few DLC updates, they basically resaturated a lot of the colors to make it interesting, more poppy. And it's yep. like, in my mind, I'm thinking, so maybe this game, maybe I'm I'm stuck between thinking I wish there was a little bit more color, but also. You're in an underground kingdom, so it makes sense that it's not crazy colorful. I, I was gonna say, so I think I was gonna. That's the defense that I was gonna give. So, like, what I so what I like about it a lot is when you think about the the types of areas that they're describing. I think the colors match it super well. So, mm-hmm. like, especially like the the Queen's Garden with all of the overgrown vines and that really deep emeraldy forest green. Yeah, you know, I like that it's all the same theme, especially if it's just like, especially like so like. I feel like underground, you know, not as much light, therefore it has to be darker colors, except from solid, low, luminescent types of light sources, which gives still, like, a darker feel, I think, to things. Like, yeah. I really like anything that, like, the fireflies that glow kind of thing. It gives that low, bluish-green, yeah. almost Tron-like color, which is really, really cool. Mm-hmm. And, like, I think all that makes sense to being, to being underground that way. And then, you know, like, it's... Because... Like, especially the crystal, like, the crystal peaks is really cool, because the ones they chose with that, like, pinkish energy, they mm-hmm. it they did a really good job at showing how that would, like, refract, I guess. Like, with everything yeah. being so pink, You'd they... Th- yeah, right? Like, the concept caught- of being, like, okay, underground area, bright glowing pink. You'd be like, what are you talking about? Yeah, but they but make the way it they so well as, like... like, the rocks, uh, it's just... It looks like the yeah. inside of every Geode video you see on Facebook that yeah. your like mom shares. I guess my mom specifically, but <laughs> like it's like cracking it open. Yeah. yeah, like I guess not every mom's a, uh, my mom. So, um, but yeah, like it's perfect. It's perfect. Okay. Yeah. Like so. Like so. I so. On, but you saying that though, I understand where you're coming from. I just feel like if it. I think if they added more color, I think they'd be doing it only to the tune of adding color. Like they, it wouldn't, it yeah. wouldn't enhance the feel of the game more. You know what I mean? Like, yes. I like. I don't. Yeah. That. I okay. guess that's how I feel about it. So like, you give you you give your score. I'm Yo, gonna say. Do you, are you going? I'm gonna, I'm gonna. I'm gonna point five it. I'm nine point five in it. I'm doing. I'm nine point five in it as well. Yeah, like literally I knew maybe three hours into this game that I knew I did not pick the top homework game because I knew – like I literally – I was like, wow, this game's going to be so fucking awesome. Yeah. And it was like almost like – it's almost like I will, it's almost like I'm an opposing chef and this like other chef made this amazing cake and I'm like, fuck, I don't want to like this but I'm still eating it. I'm like, you son of a fucking You're bitch. like scooping like, it off is, of your plate. You're just yeah. like, like, fuck. You were the like, blue team on MasterChef when the red team had a, a superb filet oh. Dude, exactly, exactly. My fucking tuna was raw. It was ridiculous. Um, okay, but so, move on. I, so moving on to the tuna of this um, of this category or this game. Uh, segways are fun. Um, music. Uh, the music is literally again. This is probably if I had to pick one thing out of this entire game. Which again, I'm picking now with the top the top desserts of everything of your favorite desserts, all of your favorite desserts, right at the very top. The best part about this goddamn grandma's apple pie of this game is the music in my opinion because it wraps everything together it Mm -hmm. makes it gives you the eeriness of the story it makes the visuals in my opinion like pop or feel just more connected like everything about the game i derive i think it'll be from the music like when i'm senile and dying and all i'm doing is spouting memes and video game (laughs) references in my in in my in my retirement home old ryan will be fun 
like I literally will be passed out and my fingers will just be slowly tapping to like the freaking like qu- like Queen's Garden or like Greenhorn like track like yeah. literally it like that's all like it will just be in the back of my head as I slowly fade out of life as morbid as that was like that's how impactful the music was for me it's uh, that's what I'm getting at anyways it's like it's it, it's this is I can't even I can't even I this literally is, can't even like that's this is how one of the best is. video game soundtracks I've ever heard I think. I agree. I, and it's it I was done by one guy, by one, one dude. Guy. He's a genius, Christopher I, uh, Larkin. Go, he's on Spotify. All of all, this whole soundtrack, all of the DLC soundtrack, and his other stuff. It's all on Spotify. Go listen. Yeah. Oh my god, I highly recommend listening to the Grim Troop Nightmare. Yes, King Grim. Well, so that's the fight. thing. That's what I want to say about it. Is oh, that holy like, shit? All of this music is fantastic. Pretty. I I can't. I don't think I can think of one song that I dislike even slightly. But yeah, there's such a wild range of music. You have the subtlest of atmospheric, just perfect area. It, it just gives you a sense of where you are. It's quiet. It's ominous. But it really makes you feel like where you are in this underground kingdom. And at the total opposite spectrum of that, you have the absolutely killer, heart-pounding like action boss oh fight music in this game. Yeah, if you ever just wanted a 128 piece orchestra to be behind you while you play a game, telling you that like a boss is coming, like mm. oh, look no further. And the, they, there's a lot of there's there's yeah, and there's a lot of um, like there are plenty of videos out there on YouTube. Like Ryan nor myself, I don't think either of us are like musical experts. Neither of us like are educated in music. But there are plenty of like video essays and studies out there about like the analysis of this music and like its use of leitmotif and like the way that they reuse specific instruments like piano to to you know drive home certain themes in the sounds of the music. It's just it's masterful. I'm tone deaf as shit, but I super appreciate the music as well. I have no idea. I don't know a single thing about why music is good. But let me tell you, me likey song noties for my ears. Like, (laughs) actually, that's insane. He's literally playing musical Sudoku with my ears. Yeah. It's kind of insane. I mean, like, again, we're not. We're not musical experts, so we don't know. Yeah, I am literally the farthest thing from it. Yeah. Just. But at the same time, I will fight. I'll take anybody to court, any music expert to court. Yeah. If they think this soundtrack is bad, like, and if if the court is not enough, I challenge them to bloody combat. <laughs> oh my god! All right, so, so I'm honestly, it a 10. so yeah, I give it literally the most solid ten. I'm not even going to debate it. I was just trying to debate if I was going to break the numbers system. Yeah, an unnatural law and go to eleven out of ten. Yeah. Okay, let's but, keep going. So let's, yeah, let's just let's 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 crank through. So uh, next we have is the challenge and difficulty curve, which this could be the make or break for some people. So um, I would say you know this game is definitely on the harder side uh, yeah. overall, and ter- from a from a global gamer perspective, uh, the GGP of of video games. Um, I would give it like a, I think like a seven and a half out of ten in terms of a difficulty rating. Like mm-hmm. it's not. It's not difficult to the point of like we're trying to be difficult, so fuck you kind of difficult, but it's very it's challenging enough that even when yeah. you're comfortable with the game, when they release a new boss for you to fight, when they when they throw a new enemy at you, you have to respect it and take the time to figure out what the fuck am I doing against this guy. Big time. And I I like that a lot personally. Um I like I would say 
my own personal difficulty curve, it went down fairly quick once I got used to the game. I think that just comes from me adapting to games. Like I like I think especially this game feels like Smash to me, which is really cool to like that as a smasher, that is probably one of the highest things you could ever say about anything. Is I, I get a Smash Bros feel from playing the game and having and doing the combat. So that being said, I feel like I got used to the adaption of how bosses fight really quickly because it felt like I was fighting another person across the screen in netplay, which which was phenomenal. Um so I I would still I think we would give it a seven and a half out of ten as like my challenge difficulty curve but i think of that in like the perfect i think it was mm-hmm. me personally it was not it wasn't too easy it but it and it wasn't too difficult that it was mind-numbingly annoying yeah. like every even if i had to do something multiple times and a couple bosses i honestly had to fight them 30 to 40 times oh, yeah. like the, a couple fights especially some of the dream nail fights and yep. like even though i got mad in the moment i wasn't like wow this game is stupid i'm done exactly. like in, you know like control like summit 1g punching my webcam on stream or something yeah. like you know i was just like i'm gonna get this or i'm gonna get That's this what i want was- yeah you you have that feeling of like oh i need even if you're so mad, you're just like, I need to frick, I need to get this guy. Yeah. Oh my. But it's, like, yeah, exactly. I, I do. I think I feel similarly. I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it an eight. I think an eight. Right. Okay. Right yeah. around there, because like, Respect. like, like you said, even if it, the progression of it, I think it's hard to do with a game that's as open as this, because naturally you're going to hit spots where you're not supposed to be yet. But you, that's the thing about this game is that there really isn't anywhere where you're not, like, you're not supposed to be. Yeah, there. like, like, yeah, you how can on still earth did you go do there? That? And if you can do it, you can still keep going. That's what's so wonderful about this is that it opens up in such a wide and expansive way that really you are supposed to be able to get wherever you want at a certain point. What, as yeah, with long enough as you can get there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And as you get a bunch of charms, as you get a hang of the combat, as you get the soul attack upgrades, as you get more mask shards, basically just as you upgrade, as you get more nail upgrades and stuff like that, it gets a lot easier. But at the same time, the enemies in Deep Nest are much harder than the enemies in the Crossroads. Like, there is is a good scale there. But I think the fact that it's not a linear game means that you're going to be encountering the different enemies on the scale like say there's there's an enemy at level two difficulty and then there's one at level nine difficulty you could hit the two then hit the seven then hit the five then hit the nine then yeah hit the four. i agree yeah you i was gonna say the difficulty curve really will be different for everybody also especially depending on like how like what parts of games you're comfortable with like you might be better at platforming than somebody who's better yes. at fighting and yeah, so exactly. some and areas this game has might a be very solid difficult mix of both very diverse mix of both yeah. some some fights you platform the entire time pretty much while yeah. fighting like and and that's really respectable so uh, i yeah i totally agree i think depending on like i remember one of the things that you were kind of surprised at was like how quickly i like i didn't give up doing the mantis fight and i just kept and i mm-hmm. ended up beating it without you were like wow you didn't upgrade your nail and i was like oh i don't know what the fuck you're talking about yet but yeah i killed these people yeah. um and you were like you were like yeah you usually like you like upgrading your nail is a good thing to do there would have made it easier and i was like that's All right, actually well, now it, the mantis lords fight that's actually one of the yeah, first mantis examples lords, one of the first examples of what i'm talking about because that's before the world fully opens up but that's one mm-hmm. of the first spots where if you go if you go over here and you realize, hey, these guys are blocking a part of the world that I can get to, you can beat them and get to that area early. Chances are 
Probably the average player who isn't used to the game yet will be like, this is way too fucking hard. I need to come Mm. back. But if you persevere enough, you can beat them and you can get down there early. And then you can get to the Mantis City or whatever and get the Mantis Claw. And then you have the wall jump ability and then that opens up like so much more. The thing about this game is that like you you said this before in that it's there are some spots where the the spike is exponential. Like some of the dream warrior yeah. fights like the the path of pain and the white palace like that's crazy hard platforming. But Yeah, very hard platforming. None of it none of it feels unfair. Yeah, it it doesn't. It re- it really yeah. doesn't like I actually that really is probably one of what was one of my favorite parts. Like mm-hmm. ter- that challenge was was so fun. Yeah. Oh my god, that was. Well, so and fun. that's the thing too is that like it's not, you know, that and in to make a direct um, comparison to the other homework game, Final Fantasy Tactics, there were a couple times like I told you with that Gafgarian fight where I was I got there, I tried it a bunch of times, I died so many times, and I was at a point where I was like. I can't do this yet. And the mm. solution to that problem was exit, grind a crap ton, and then come back and try again. In this game, that is never... You don't have to do that. It's not like yeah, you, I need I to go slog away so that I can try it again. You can just go explore a completely different part of the world. You could ignore that entirely. There is never a section of the game except for like maybe if there's... Maybe maybe the uh, the fight with Uma before the second dreamer or the fights with the mm-hmm. knights you know those big round bouncing knights oh, yeah, before yeah. the first yeah, watcher yeah, yeah. there are very few required fights in the game mm-hmm. there's never really a spot where you that's the only path forward you have to go through that even if you're not ready and if you're not ready mm-hmm. and you still want to come back to it there's so many yeah, solutions which, and, and, for you to get around that problem Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, like, just getting one upgrade sometimes can help ease the difficulty of a huge chunk of what you were stuck on, which unlocks so much more. Like, it, it's it's cool. It, like, has, like, this cool, like, like mini roller coaster effect. You know what I mean? Like, it goes up, yeah. and then there's a little bit of down. And, like, and so it's it's cool that it waves like that. Mm-hmm. So, eight for me, seven and a half for you. So, next we have is going to be the level of immersion. So... Um, I think this is where, you know, again, we kind of talked about this a little bit. We kind of keyed in with how the story works. Um, this game is, it's one of those things where I think personally, this is actually one of the games that I think helps it a lot. And I think it's the reason why the community is so big and knit together is because a lot of people, I think you need to tell them like, Hey, just keep playing this game for a little bit. You know, like, like, not that it's a bad thing, not that you can't get into it without knowing anything about it. I guarantee you can guarantee it mm-hmm. no matter what but it's you know like we were saying before you don't really know what you're doing it becomes more of like this is a bug themed boss fighting type game like i'm just gonna yeah. like run around fight some enemies as a bug and then once you start but but the thing is once you find some mystery behind what's going on yeah all of a sudden i you are hooked and you just want to keep playing the game and then you don't stop talking about it on a podcast forever exactly and that's 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 what it does for sure it's this was your homework game, so you should go first. But I'm no, I'm gonna go first. I'm gonna give this a ten. This is yeah. incredibly the level of immersion for this game. I basically put this category because I just wanted to talk about how goddamn immersive <laughs> this game was. It's mm-hmm. it, you know that's the style. That's 
sort of a thing of Metroidvanias is that sometimes you're not given an explicit direction and you're just kind of set off on some tracks and it's just, hey, go, go explore. This game is the epitome of that because even in the first few hours of the playthrough when I didn't know what I was doing, I was just so fascinated with the concept of like, let me explore this area. There's so much more that I can explore. Oh, what's yeah. what's this mm-hmm. little tidbit? Oh, what's this NPC? Oh, look, I, oh, I finally got the map. That's fantastic. Oh, let me... And then it's like, oh, okay, but there's some other areas. Should I go to this area yet? Should I just dive in? And it basically mm-hmm. becomes a game of getting lost. And that's... Yes. I, that's, and that's, that, and that's, so, the, that's the definition of immersion. Yeah, exactly. Point, getting that lost feeds into the, into the immersion so much is because that's... If that's literally the concept of the gameplay is like, hey, get yourself into these area, get lost, go explore. And then eventually find a map and then keep doing it. If the mm-hmm. concept of the game is that, inevitably, as long as you're not having a bad time, you are going to get lost in the gameplay because you are going Almost to get lost yeah. in the world of... You're going to get lost in the kingdom of Hellenist. And that's exactly what I did. And yep, it's, and that's exactly and it's, it's exactly how they intended it. And I, yeah. uh, I totally agree. Uh, so I... I, I agree. I'm, I'm giving it a 10 out of 10, mostly because this is a good segue into the the next section we have, mm. uh, which is pacing. Um, you know, I was almost going to give Immersion a 9 because of how the beginning of the game works, where you don't know. It's yeah. hard to get immersed because you don't know. That being said, though, I think the level I think the level of Immersion is the deepest level of Immersion, if that makes sense. Like yeah. how far you can get committed to the game. You know, and I think it's very easy to say that you can get fully 10 out of 10 committed. Mm-hmm. It's not like me being, it's not us being biased that we like the game well, so much. Like genuinely, I can almost guarantee you're going to get totally hooked and sucked yeah. into the game. Well, related to... Even related to, because I, I know where we're both going to get with the with the pacing aspect. It's a little slow in the beginning. Mm-hmm. But yeah. even in those first few hours of gameplay, I was still completely immersed because I was, in my mind, I was still like, what's this about? Like, what am I doing mm-hmm. here? And that, mm. you know, it there is a level of separation because it's kind of like you're questioning it. But at the same time, in a way, that reflects what you as a character are doing. Because that's part of the game. You just show up at this town and the elder is like, this used to be bustling, but like, yeah, everyone's gone and dead now. And there's a whole kingdom underneath us. And then you just start, you just go underneath and you just start exploring. You don't Mm -hmm. have a, that's the whole point. Like you don't have a direction as a player, but you also don't really have a direction as a character in the game. As a character, Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I think yeah, there's, no, there's no Navi to say, "Hey, yeah, listen." I think you're uh, even though like you don't really know what you're doing, you're still on the exact same level as the knight, and I think that just already feeds into the immersion. But mm, that's fair. Okay, I could see that. Like you said, moving on to the pacing, it's it's because of that, it's a little bit slow to start. Yeah, and so I think so. I think personally, like this is one of those categories for pacing that. A, much like the difficulty curve, this could theoretically differ for every person that plays the game, because depending on what you get stuck at will determine the pacing um, of how, you know, if you end up really liking the game, you might just cruise through stuff and it just feels like it's challenging at the right moments, stuff like that. If something becomes too challenging, you might feel that the game is too annoying, you know, maybe due to the hardness, which, you know, which would affect your level of pacing. But what I think, I don't want to give the pacing a 10 out of 10, because obviously that's a biased opinion, but I think overall how the game works 
it's almost like I don't want to give pacing a rating. I just want to give it a rank almost. Like I want to say it's like an S level type of pacing because it, you know, you don't, I don't want the game to be pattern based in terms of pacing. Like I don't want it to be two zones, then a boss fight, two zones, then a boss fight, item upgrade. Like it really, it can, it spirals into anything that you want it to be, yeah. which is also cool because a lot of games that have good pacing are horrible to replay because you know the pacing. If it's a set pacing like that, you know, yeah. you're like, all right, I'm getting this part of the game. Okay, I'm getting this part of the game. And there is that in Hollow Knight because if you know what's gonna, what's happening, then you know there you can know some things. Mm-hmm. But regardless, I could on purpose, you know, all right, I'm going to do Hollow Knight this way this time. Yeah. All right, cool. I'm now going to try to do it, doing this first and then this. And then because it's going to be harder, I'm going to do this next. And like, yeah. and again, you you make your own pacing, which is exactly. like, that is super cool. And I like, you know, I, that's why I like saying it's a seven out of 10 for pacing because some parts could stop you. It feels unfair to it. Like mm-hmm. it really, but like also 10 out of 10 doesn't sound right because if it's too hard, like, I don't know, like I, I don't know yeah. what number to give it. Well, like, that's why I want to give it almost like a, like, like an X X out of 10. I don't know. A triangle out of 10. So, like, yeah, this, you touched on something that I I was going to say, and that's totally true. And that's completely the way that they intended it is that once Mm -hmm. you get to a certain point, the the world is your oyster. You can take it as fast or as slow as you want it to. And the point that we're talking about is once you get the dream nail, once you get all of the dreamers marked on your maps, you can just go straight there you can just look at your map see okay there's a what there's a dreamer over here i need to get over there and you just problem solve and dive until you get right there kill that dreamer all right i'm going to the next one but there is so much more that this world has to offer that you really make your own pace once you get to that part of the game because it's 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 like there are only three dreamers and the direct paths to each dreamers if you know what you're doing won't take you that long especially yeah, if you're really very familiar with this game but with how expansive the entire overworld is and with how many upgrades there are you know mm-hmm. the different nail smiths and stuff like that there's just so much that the game has to offer that if you're playing the game at least for me you're not supposed to play this game being like, all right, I just beat this watcher. Let me go kill this one right away. You're, mm-hmm, you're supposed mm-hmm. to explore the world at your leisure. And that's... Yeah, that's and you, really you eventually collide into the right things to do. Exactly. And that's that's what I love about some games like that is that it gives you the freedom of being like, yeah, you could continue the story if you go to this point on your map. Or you could just go explore and do some other stuff. Maybe get some extra goodies. Maybe work on some other stuff that's going to f- factor in later. And, mm-hmm. you know, Hollow Knight is basically built off of that. It's basically built off of, these are your objectives, but you don't have to go there yet. You can do some other yeah. stuff. It's a very loose loose list of requirements. Yeah. It's like, do this if you want to. Exactly. Eventually you'll want to. It's like, eventually you'll want to. But <laughs> you're do you're going you to have to. to eventually, but you don't have to right now. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay. So I, so I think I would give it an 8 out of 10, actually. Because... Okay, I, I, I'm, just, I'm, I'm honestly going to mimic you with that. I, I can totally, totally agree. I, I think it's the slow start that's kind of just, especially for players that, like, I could see someone picking this game up based on hearing praise from it or thinking that it looks cool and being like, hey, I want to play this. And then they're five hours in and they've died so many times. Maybe they're not the best at video games and they've died so many times and they have not 
gotten any inkling of what this game is supposed to be about and i could see them getting frustrated and being like you know what i'm not sure i want to keep going with this and mm-hmm. i think that is a detriment to this game like the the beginning of it is definitely guided to a certain extent and it opens up once you get to the city of tears and once you get the dream nail and stuff like that but getting to that point it's it's like that guided stretch where i do kind of feel like if you're not already fully in for the ride and if you're kind of hoping for the game to hook you at the start it might not do that yeah but also you know listen do we really want zotes playing this game or do we want knights playing this game exactly. so yes, exactly. let's that's all i'm going to say listen if you're going to bitch out you're just you're just a stupid zote you know <laughs> that's that's all, all, all i'm going to say and, you, and you'll 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 know you anyone that played hollow knight you'll you're shaking your head right now in your car and i i I got you, dude. You don't want Zotes. <laughs> no Get one, the Zotes out no of your one life. Wants Zotes. No one wants Zotes. All right, let's keep going. Um, yep, so next is going to be the compelling factor. You know, it keeps your attention, keeps you playing. I think kind of see like the level of immersion. Honestly, this game, like the only thing that didn't, you know, what the only thing for me personally, again, kind of like what you said about being the homework game was like, Maybe it's just the word homework. It's just a toxic taste in my mouth. There's just yeah. be times where I didn't want to play it almost because it was like I need to play it, which sounds very weird to say. I know, but like I, know exactly I, I think I think aside from the fact that I also had to space it out on purpose, like there was times where I didn't want to get so far to you know for the sake yeah. of the homework game to build it at a right level. You know, I had to kind of choose my keeping my attention. I had to limit it and budget it. Let's say so. Like it's a little bit harder for me, but I would say like full just let loose just go at it little jimmy like you just open the back gate and he just runs free yeah like i, I easily easily i honestly am gonna say 10 out of 10 again wow. like i feel like ign right now Even i feel like IGN, like, like yeah because yeah. i i think anyone that plays this game is not going to play it as a homework game i don't expect you to so i think personally you're just gonna let loose like i'm just your little gerbil size experiment and it worked perfectly yeah like i'm giving Corey the nobel peace prize in homework games today i'm the little white rat named albert that with the red eyes that just like got the cheese in two seconds like he is like guys he was hooked he was hooked the maze worked yeah the the, the maze worked (laughs) um so honestly yeah i like again i i like literally am like resting on the laurels of how good this game is like i literally got sucked in so so bad so bad i'm uh i'm gonna give it a nine i think this this totally factors into both level of immersion and pacing. I th- I do think for me personally, like I've only fully played through this game once, but that one playthrough, I I did a lot of stuff. I have it at like it's either one hundred and eight percent or like one hundred and twelve percent or something. I did, that's really close to full. I did a bunch of a bunch of crap, and it's all because I wanted to. Because once I started playing this game, I was just itching to play more hollow knight i i could i can vividly remember like i played this a few years ago and like i remember coming home from work and like if kim was still working or if she wasn't home yet or something i would just like go upstairs get my setup ready play some hollow knight and i would start playing play a little bit get lost play a lot and this Mm -hmm. this is the type of game where it's like i'll play the game and then at, at a certain point, I'll be like, all right, how long have I been playing for? It's probably been like 30 minutes, right? I look over, it's been like two and a half hours. And I'm like, oh my God, like what have I been doing this whole time? And it's just, I this game just keeps you, if, if you're interested in the lore of this or if you're interested in the structure of unlocking areas based on 
you know, the Metroidvania style of exploration where you, you, the amount that you're able to get to is based off of what abilities you have and maybe if you can beat certain enemies and stuff like that. If you're into that or if you're into the lore, you're going to want to keep playing this game. The only reason I dock at a point is I can see two scenarios where you might think I don't really want to keep playing. One would be if you're a little too low. This is mainly for people that are playing it early on in that first maybe 10 hours or so. If you haven't gotten to the City of Tears yet and you still don't know what the game is about, I could see someone getting a little too lost and being like, I don't I don't really know what I'm supposed to be doing, so you might not want to pick it up if you know that you're going to pick it up and just continue to be lost in a frustrating way. I can see why that could frustrate some people. Personally, it just drives me to you know, keep exploring, but I could see why that would frustrate some people. The other thing is if you're stuck on a particularly difficult boss, I could see someone like... Because this is definitely the kind of game where you could fight a boss... 20 times and still not beat it and then have to stop playing and then you know the next time you start playing you're like i gotta freaking keep fighting that boss i gotta keep losing to that boss so i can Mm -hmm. see Mm -hmm. why someone might not want to pick it right back up but for me nine out of ten yeah i i I can see i can see what you're saying with that but you know again back to the zotes don't be a zote (laughs) just keep plot through plot through man so uh well, this last category is always kind of a quick one to talk about, but the replayability, I think, again, we've kind of, like, hit on little notes about this category already. Uh, this game, I would say, is an easy, uh, I guess, maybe because it's not, like, a purposeful run-type game. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to give it, like, like I would say, like, a roguelite, like a Hades game or a Gungeon game is a pure 10 out of 10 replayability. You just keep replaying it. That's the game. Yeah. Like, Hollow Knight, I would say, I, I want to give it, like, an 8.5 out of 10, I think is, is like, the number I'm thinking in my head. Um like hands down it is totally worth playing over and over again but i would say there's a in the realm of infinite replaying there's a it's on the lower scale of like maybe i would say like four times after four times of playing it you like you would have done the majority of the base routes where like it's going to feel very rehearsed and well practiced for you and you can still appreciate that hands down no matter what mm-hmm. but i feel like I think in the category of replayability, there's those, you know, Enter the Gungeon, Hades-type games where it's always random all the time. And that's, like, the point of it. Mm-hmm. So, like, I think I think in in the respect of the replay category, eight and a half. That's my 10 Okay, talk. that's fair. I, uh, I'm i going to go higher than that. I think I'm going to go nine and a half. Ooh. I'm not, nine like you're half, saying, wow. it's not designed, like you're saying, there are games like Hades, roguelikes, game, random generating games those are meant to be replayable because that's the whole point is that it's it is different every time i think this is literally the step right below that because everything in the game is fixed and i'm gonna see if i can try and maybe sway you to bump up a little bit because this game you're offended the only well the only section of the game that is truly guided is the section between the beginning and when you get the dream nail from there Everything else is literally... You can go for whichever dreamer you want in any order. And Hmm. in a game like Breath of the Wild, that's kind of the point is that you're supposed to... You you have to get to the four divine beasts. Well, you don't even have to do that. You can just go straight to 
Hyrule Castle. But the point yeah. is, you're supposed to go to the four divine beasts, and you can get to them in any order. It's going to be more difficult to get to certain ones first, but you can completely go to the farthest one off in the off. Say you can get to Vanaboris first. You could do Vanaboris first, and then you can do the easiest one last. And mm-hmm. at that point, especially once you know the game, it's completely up to you. And that's the kind of thing where, like, the more intimate you are with the game, the more you can start to give yourself little challenges. And uh, you actually touched on this earlier. You can be like, all right, last time I did Lurian the Watcher, Monomon the Teacher, Hair of the Beast. This time I'm going to do Hair of the Beast, Lurian the Watcher, Monomon the Teacher. And that's mm. that's just for the three that, Yeah, dreamers. I guess you're, you're right. I did kind of... I kind of to touch on that. Well, and well, that's that's the way they design this game is that it, the world opens up to you intentionally in a way that you can go pretty much wherever you want as long as you have the appropriate ability. And the way that the world is designed, that all of these areas are connected to at least two different areas, you can explore the path that you're going to take to explore. There's there are going to be so many different. I know you're saying like maybe four playthroughs, you're going to find all the routes. I don't think that's the case because once you get to the City of Tears, you you have so many options at your disposal. And because the areas are connected together in such a way that there, there are so many different exits and entrances and secret exits and entrances to those areas that you can do them in a totally different order every time. And that's also okay. not including if you give yourself extra challenges. Like I, this game actually has a randomizer, and people have been, you know, I I was gonna actually touch on that. I was yeah. gonna say that actually something I've been watching is some randomizer streams, yeah. which is super cool. Also, well, that's that's the thing about Metroidvanias is that once you're intimately familiar with it, you know what power ups you need to get to certain. Like say, um, a kingdom, no. Howling Cliffs. That's the one in the top right. Okay, yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. You need the, I can't remember the name, you need the double jump to get there. Yeah, you need the double jump the to double get jump, up yeah. there. Once you know you need the double jump to get up there, that's set in stone. You're not going to get there until you get the double jump. But if you're playing a randomizer, the point at which you're getting the double jump is going to be completely different. So mm-hmm. once you get the double, this is something if you are intimately familiar with the game. And this is the natural instinct of people that are super into Metroidvanias is that once you get that from whatever area, you're thinking, I can go to Howling Cliffs. I can go to that area. There's a little switch that goes on in your brain thinking, oh, I can go over there. So especially, I just think, I mean, it's kind of cheating to say that randomizers enhance the replayability of a game. But I more mean to say that randomizers were almost built for Metroidvanias. Because the game itself inherently is, once I have this item, switch flips on, I can go to this area. But if the mm-hmm. place at which that power-up you're getting is changing, it's going to change the way that you explore the world every single time. Okay, okay. I actually, so I actually, I changed mine to nine. Also speedrunning. I, like I can... <laughs> So, so you're you're right. Honestly, I the the randomizer thing totally fed me into that because I that is one of the coolest things about modern games now too is some of the yeah. little extra things that the community can change to it too. Um, yeah. But yeah, honestly, that does make it really that could make the game so different feeling 
but just with the Hollow Knight aesthetic. It obviously is Hollow Knight still. Yeah. Like which so that actually that's a good point. That's a super good point. So actually that that actually did bump it up for me. Like if uh, you I could easily I it is kind of cheating, but like to to make a direct comparison to try and drive home the point I'm making at is like you can play Super Mario Bros. three randomizer, where maybe like the levels are random or like the enemies and, and level layouts are random. That's obviously going to make it different every time, but it's not going to enhance the replayability as much as something that's going to affect your traversal of the world. Because you're Mm -hmm. still going from level 1 to level 2 to level 3, it's just that those levels that you're going to be playing through are going to be different. Whereas Mm -hmm. in a Metroidvania, the world's going to be the same, the way that you traverse it is going to be different, you know? Yeah, okay. Yeah, I I, I see what you're saying with that, because that'll make it feel like going through like a totally different pathway to unlock something it's just gonna yeah. make it feel so different it's like it's kind of like how when you're it's like driving home or driving at night the daytime looks so different when you go to the same street yeah. in the daytime it's like it makes it just feel totally different and i so yeah actually yeah, i could see it like that would give me that would enhance the replay for me yeah so i guess you know with with the the last categories is our playthrough experience so you know just for some, like, like without a doubt, I would say the most fun parts of the game for me was the most challenging parts. So the the Grim Troop fight, again, honestly, is probably one of my favorite fights now in a single-player game. Mm-hmm. Uh, that fight, I'm definitely going to just do for fun probably soon because it was actually really, really fun to try. Um, the Coliseum of Fools at the White Palace, all those all those three were yeah. the top three parts for me, which I feel like is probably the same for a lot of people. But those, like... I I love me some Kingdom Hearts-esque fight all these enemies and do it in a row type cup things, mm-hmm. which is what the Coliseum of Fools is. You know, I love me some platforming. It's crazy platforming like White yeah. Palace was it was so awesome. And it like it does this cool thing of like the game's almost like, all right, we know this is a game, we're gonna challenge you for the sake of a game. And they still put it into the game as a story, which is really, really yeah, good too. Still, so like, that's that's what's crazy still, about it, is that at its core, the White Palace and the Path of Pain, that's that's just a video game-ass video game platforming yeah. challenge. But yeah. it still fits in the game world to a T. Like, with yeah, the exactly. purpose of it, too. Like, uh. Yeah, and, like, so it really, for, like, a, yeah, honestly, like, for a 2D game, it I literally will not... I can't imagine me not recommending this to any of my friends now. Like, if anyone, for a, almost ever, if somebody said, hey, what's a 2D game I could play? Without a doubt, I'm going to say Hollow Knight is one of my... If it's not my first pick right now, it's one of my top picks. Good. Every time. Good, good. I, and I'll probably say for a very long time. Like, I don't know what's going to beat me without me saying, like, you know, oh, Hollow Knight would be great, you know, like, as I'm just going on with things. Like, it's going to be something I'm going to bring up every time. Oh, um, I'm glad. And, and, you know, and, like... Something that I also like, you know, that was like that that is cool is like the little mini storylines that you know like have different ways to complete it or different oh like choices. God, yeah. And some of them I didn't end up finish doing, you know, like the Grim Troop, the fucking bank bitch that stole my money. And so yeah. you know, I actually didn't finish doing that. I didn't you didn't finish. find him. Didn't find him. No, oh no my idea. God. Still. No, Dude. And, and the last the, the last thing I have to say, I'm so sorry to. I know what. I kind of know what happens, but I didn't actually end up doing it because I just saw it through Moss Bag was the White Flower. Didn't do White Flower, yeah, actually. that's fair. Um, that's Totally hard. forgot to do it. Yeah, uh, apparently, it is hard. I yeah. looked that up. Apparently, it's very hard. Um, but yeah, like I... the I, I think I had, I had a very enjoyable experience with the game. I think, you know... 
Yeah, honestly, I can't imagine me ne- like being like, oh, this game's like overrated now. Like, I can't, I can't, I don't think I'm going to grow out of this game either, if that makes sense. Like, mm-hmm. I, I think, like, I think it's nice because it's definitely new enough that even when this game becomes 10, 15 years old, it's a complete game. It's like a game that, like, where like some of my nostalgic GameCube games might not feel so complete now that I'm older and wiser and more known of games. Mm. But like Hollow Knight, I would say even when I'm 50, I dude, I could easily see myself just like playing it and then like the nostalgia of the music crashes yeah. into me and I feel 24, 25 again. Like that'll be that'll be crazy. I don't really want to talk about that. Like I feel like it's like actually messing with no, me but I, on a psychological I, level, I, but I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready to remember this moment too. You know, that's how that's how powerful it'll be. I know exactly what you mean. Like this I I we touch I don't think I put this game in my top five in the first episode of this show. But we definitely talked about it. And Yeah, I honest yeah, this but speaking I'm happy you said that. This if we redid our top ten games, this is booting one of my games on the very bottom. Like wow. I like I I I kinda really wanna is that powerful though it's it, like genuinely that good so i i would say the only in a platforming action sense to i i think out of bias i still like the jack and daxter series more but this game fair. for me this that's game what, for me that's what it came down to for me too yeah yeah this game for me beats the spyro universe crash universe and it beats Ratchet and Clank to me in terms wow. of like that type of even though those games are more 3d which is a little unfair to say to yeah. hollow knight i would well, put this game above those especially when especially when silk song comes out and there's another one to play dude it's like like that might boost it past jack and daxter for me i have no idea like it the world is hollow knight's oyster i'm like literally so i'm signed up like i'm ready i'm ready for silk song i'm I'm, so ready i that game is gonna be a hell of a game to play i cannot wait well i'm i'm so glad that it hit home and i'm gonna raise so much because like i this Someone recommended me this game in like the comments section of a random daily debate on Zelda Dungeon. And like I I had seen Hollow Knight and I was like that looks kind of cool. Maybe I'll check it out sometime. And like literally someone in the comments I said like they mentioned Hollow Knight and I was like, "Oh, Hollow Knight, is that good? Should I check it out?" And they were just like, "Yes. Get it. Play it." And oh I was my like, God. this was this was very early on in my days of like because now you know i like to play quite a few different indie games just to kind of see mm-hmm. you know what the deal is and this was very early on in my days of that and i was kind of just like you know what i'm gonna buy it and i'm gonna try it out and i'm gonna see and i just see what happens it, toss the dice it's ju- it was just like the steepest slide like once i got over that one tiny little stall moment where you're like, what's this game about? And then straight down the rabbit hole of looking up, watching hours of YouTube content, watching Moss Bag, like scrolling through pages of the wiki about like the lore and stuff. And I still feel like there's a bunch, there's plenty in the game that I feel like I haven't fully absorbed. It's just this game is like a masterclass in world building and an exploration and that's really just what i love in video games and that's why it, mainly it was like the the thematics of it i thought would really it really reminded me of you because i was like i think ryan would really dig with this like uh, yeah you the darkness you and like the bug characters and like the edginess yeah it was it it, it is yeah but I, i'm very the, the story yeah 
yeah, no, keep going. Sorry, keep going. Keep Which going. I'm, I, I want to talk I'm about very, it. Too. <laughs> I'm just very glad that it you loved it because I wasn't sure how you were going to feel about it as a game because I don't think you have a ton of experience with Metroidvanias like myself. Do you? Not not nearly as no. This is this is this would be my first full like I actually full completed. Well, like, that's uh, this type. of That's game. what I mean. That's that like, was the exact same yeah. with me. This was my first Metroidvania. I had no. I had never played a Metroid game before. I had, yeah, I don't have anything. I had nothing to work off of. Exactly. And now I'm curious what you think about it because, like, th- this is kind of like what you said with Final Fantasy Tactics. You said you weren't expecting it to, like, spark some love of tactical RPGs. And I wasn't expecting this to spark some love in Metroidvanias for you or even myself. But since I've played this game, it has. Like I've played since I played this game, I played Super Metroid. I bought Ori in the Blind Forest, which I love. I played through Blue Fire yeah. recently. That was really cool. And yeah, I recently that game really cool. got um now whenever I have time, I'm gonna play through Castlevania Symphony of the Night, which is the game that coined nice. the term Metroidvania. So I'm ready to yeah. full dive into this genre. I think this is gonna become like one of my new favorite genres of video game. So uh, yeah, so I would. I've always had like a. I, Metroidvania was like the one flavor of ice cream of platformers that I just never touched until now. Yeah. And now I could like I. I could eat, like I think it's one of those things for me. Like I could easily, if somebody recommended me a, a Metroidvania game now, it's almost like I'll take it more seriously. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense, like it's like it's not like I didn't think it wasn't a good game. I just never saw myself being like I'm gonna go play this game right now. And after Hollow Knight, definitely at the very least, a Hollow Knight. Like I think one of the re- like I think you picked this really well because what I loved the most about Hollow Knight was the combat music. And how this like you actually the story you hit perfectly like you were totally right hundred percent story is so fucking cool characters so fucking yeah. cool bosses everything so 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 cool I like I absolutely loved the story and the themes they were hinting at like you know but yeah I like it again one hundred percent is this is in my top ten games because a lot of times with my yeah. top tens of things I like to have diversity in terms of like the games I want to put on there like I don't want to put like you know I love Japanese RPG shit I don't want to put ten Japanese RPGs on my yeah. top ten it's kind of bullshit like you know exactly like because there's such good games in so many categories this now is definitely the pinnacle of two D Metroidvania of Metroidvania period. This is now my this is my standard. Yep. This is like the seal. Exactly. This is the the hollow seal. Like and like does this does this come up to par or at least is acceptable to the yeah, Hollow Knight standard Hollow Knight that I'm is used the to? Bar or now. is yeah, it literally is. It's and the bar is fucking high, yeah. dude. It's insane. I feel that. I um, feel that. So um and so and so so to complete it, to give a rank to this game, like again, I'm literally it's an S tier game to me. One hundred percent like it's a game I will remember forever. Mm. It sounds bad. I would be shocked if the next game you recommend to me beats Hollow Knight. Like yeah. I'm not even kidding. Like that is like it. Like literally now is in a crystalline glass case. The very top of my trophies was like played Hollow Knight. Like that's like now like a core memory for we're talking about Inside yeah. Out. Okay. Like Hell it's yeah. now like it's it's part of me. Like. So like it's like it's literally Damn. it's it's an S tier game. Some high like, praise. I'm, I'm I'm hitting it hitting it with the S. It's I recommend it to anyone that likes games. <laughs> if you if you have two hands, two palms that can grip the sides of a controller, okay, play the game. Just play it. Stop listening to this. Pause this game. 
and buy it on Steam. Now I feel bad because now I feel like what if people play it and they're like, I don't like it. I think you're wrong. You're a zone. Again, going back <laughs> to the zone, zone comment, I don't like, like if you're you, there are people that play Hollow Knight. If there are people that like Hollow Knight and then there are dirty liars. Okay. <laughs> We're taking the, the peeing in the shower thing. You literally like Hollow Knight or you're a liar because you don't want to follow the, the new age radiance wave that is liking hollow knight okay that's what it is hollow knight is the radiance light it is and i'm just a mindless bug yeah we're just mindless like, bugs suck too yeah i'm just i'm sucked dude i'm literally it's a, it's s tier for me too it's just yeah top tier game <laughs> every time we talk about this game in my head i go you're an indie company how did three yeah, people make this right? like that's what it, every time so it's you know it's, it's like how did you cook this how did you mimic this, this kickstarter perfectly? video game it's like that's exactly that's crazy yeah. like it's it's so comforting since now video games are corporation this making FIFA twenty five thousand, you know, mm-hmm. spend some money on a simulator. Like so many games are like that nowadays, and this game is just like we are going. Like this is why video games are amazing. This is exactly yeah. why. Well, this is it's just is, it's just such a positive thing to see that like there are people out there that care about video games so much that are making quality video games that are this high this top notch that are just doing it just because they love it and that was something it was like an interview or something that or a video about an interview that team cherry did that i was watching recently that they said part of their design philosophy for this game was that they if they liked it they put it in the game no matter how far off the beaten path of the main game it was, no matter if any player would just skip completely over it, they put it in there. It didn't That's so respectable. It didn't matter if the average player of the game saw everything they put in the game as long as it was in there. That's, That's so, so yeah, cool. So like they it, it's it's like they they just cared about it being a completed piece of art exactly then what like and then it being like we could do this to make it better to the modern public mm-hmm. but i'd rather risk it and just make something pure and a, like a total a totally original creative piece of mm-hmm. art and that's ex- that's literally what it is let's, it's just that good. let's cap the hollow night conversation then we'll end it with that yeah i think i think that's that's Beautiful. all i gotta say buy it all right buy it so so guys that concludes the homework game for season one it we're done what we're gonna do is when we come back before season two starts we're gonna do a little mini episode where we're gonna do some updates we're gonna talk about what you can look forward to seeing for season two and most importantly we are going to reveal the next homework games that we have chosen for each other for season two yes very excited i'm coming back with a vengeance i'm gonna win this one um this was not supposed to be a competition ryan <laughs> everything's a competition how many times have i said pvp in our <laughs> podcasts at least probably twice a podcast so listen everything everything's a competition and I, I i graciously lost i'm okay with losing on this one um but i'm coming back i want I'm, i want a game that's gonna cr- like crash into your top 10 like right. i want something that makes you forget about pokemon like i I, I, I don't know if I can. I don't know if I can accomplish yeah, that, I but I'm gonna certainly that, but try. You can try. I'm certainly you can try. try. 
I'm gonna try to unlock a whole aspect of your hidden character, your hidden soul. Yeah, there's there's some there's some chunk of my soul that just has not illuminated yet, and I'm just there, gonna have an epiphany. It, it, yeah, like, I exactly. I am literally going to like you're, you're like one of your eyes is gonna change color. It's so cool. Like you're gonna you're just gonna have an anime level transformation, like Sailor Moon, and your life is changed with how good this recommendation will be. So now you guys can all be disappointed. <laughs> yeah, you're hyping it up. Wrong. I'm hyping it up a lot. I do that, but that's that's what's important. So. All right, guys. Well, this is it. It's been a pleasure. We're we're at the end of season one. Uh, thank you guys so much. All all of the fans that we have that do listen regularly, you guys are the best people in the world. Thank you so much for listening to this, and thank you to all of the new people who might just be checking out an episode or two. You know, we just we love doing this, and we just want to make it. We just want to make sure that it keeps growing so that it'll get bigger and we can just make it bigger and better for you guys. This has been such a cool experience. And honestly, I want to give a personal huge shout out to you specifically, Corey. Because so this is, guys, just so you, I think I said this before, but so you guys don't know, this is Corey's love child of an idea. He, you know, we've been friends forever. He hit me up saying, do you want to do a podcast? I'd love to do a podcast with you. And I instantly love the idea. And honestly, this would not be even as like, this would not be nearly as good as it is. If it wasn't for Corey doing the editing, th- thinking of so many ideas for me, for for me, obviously for us, but for me too. Like I'm tr- I'm trying to get a lot better about it. I need to be an adult. You know, I need to work on doing things in adult fashion. But like Corey has picked up so much slack on my behalf. He's rescheduled me a bunch of times when things don't work out for me to do these episodes. He's done so much to make this work, and I, dude, I cannot appreciate it enough. Like looking straight, looking into your soul, I cannot appreciate it enough. So like seriously, huge shout out to Corey. Thank you. Uh, it, to everything he's done like if you guys like this please thank Corey more than anything like I'm happy that I could put my input I'm happy that I could put my seal and soul into this as well and but uh, none of this would be here if it wasn't for you're you embarrassing me right no but I'm sorry I'll make you red in the thank face you, but thank fine. you so much but you're not giving yourself enough yeah. credit because this this show it, no matter how much editing I do or how much how many ideas I come up with like this this show would not be the same if it wasn't the both of us loving doing it and the dynamic totally that we agree. have like like I, like you are you are the team cherry of of this of this right now so that's, that's all cherry. i'm saying you're the Christ, we are the, the team cherry of the player power yeah, podcast. We, you're right we are we are the team cherry of player power podcast all right but like seriously guys you know and again to you guys thank you so much yeah. you know again i it's it's cool that we've that people have stuck around with us i think that's the neatest thing and i can't wait to make this better yeah like you know what i mean like i can't wait for this to be the i can't wait for people to say oh man where were they when they were the old season one like i don't even care yeah. i want i want to change enough that somebody says that that would actually be the coolest weird slight slap of the air i'd it be will. like whoa well yeah, so i can't wait for that guys. why don't we round off this episode with our our regular wrap-up ryan where can they find you at so, guys, uh, once again, feel free. You can follow me uh, on a lot of social media, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, Twitch, at ShadowHawkSSB. So, again, uh, Hawk with an E at the end, SSB for Super Smash Bros. I have now finally, finally been streaming more again. Um, my internet has been crap. I don't even want to get into that today because it's been f- infuriating. But I have been actually being able to stream again, so definitely guys want to see some Super Smash Bros. content. When Silk Song comes out, I am going to stream the crap out of that uh i only be, i won't be able to even dedicate it as a stream game because i'm going to play it way too much but i will be streaming the crap out of it i'm definitely going to challenge Corey to a race at some point yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be really funny um but yeah guys again follow me on shadowhawk ssb follow me on twitch most importantly twitch and twitter my two big ones that's what i pray for so thank you guys
All right. And then Where can we find you? You can follow me at Corey Richmond on Twitter, at Corey Richmond 6 on Instagram. And most importantly, I've been saying this all season, you can follow us collectively as the Player Power Podcast, at Player Power Pod on Twitter. And I want to ask you guys a favor. If you've gotten to the end of this monster of an episode, this season finale, if you are a fan of the show, even if you just like an episode or two, if you're hearing this, please, please, pretty, pretty, please, with a cherry on top, give us a follow or share this with a friend because we just want to make sure that this podcast keeps growing. We just want to keep getting listens so that we can make the best podcast, the most enjoyable content for you guys to listen to. Cause we're just, just, we're just two jamokes talking about video games, but we love doing it. So if you love, yeah. if you love listening to it, please share it with a friend. Also on the flip side of that, I'm dead serious. If there's something you don't like, if there's something, if we're annoying little shits, let us know. Please give us any yeah. constructive criticism, any feedback, any compliments, anything at all. Add us on Twitter or send us a DM or email us at, uh, I think it's playerpowerpodcast at gmail.com. Reach out. Yeah, let us know. You know, let us, we don't, we don't want to do more work. You know, tell us what to do and we'll just yes. do it. You know, it's, it's, it's perfect. All right, guys. Well, thank you for listening. It's, this is long-winded. We got this. It's done now. Have a good night. Have guys. a good night.